0: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: Time now for the character and Smallman podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. response for the blues and a 5-1 victory keeps pace in the central division as the blues get two more points in at 57 points on the year a good victory tonight all around
2: after a disappointing 7-1 to loss to the Calgary Flames on Monday, the Blues, with quite the response last night, they beat the Flames 5-1. to We're going to talk about it all morning long here on 101 ESPN. It is Carricker and Smallman. I'm Michelle Smallman. Randy Carricker is out on vacation today, but how lucky are we? Our friend Danny Mack oh. is in the studio all morning with us. Good morning, Dan.
3: I don't know if you're going to be lucky today. <laughs> Off to a rough start. Usually, you're the one that comes in and having spilled coffee uh-huh. on yourself uh-huh. and... You know, your your key to some kind of contraption doesn't work. Correct. Well, that's me this morning. I was stuck outside trying to get into the building. You guys locked me out because I guess you didn't want me in here anymore. So my, my key to the building didn't work anymore. But luckily, uh, someone from another show that is a smoker uh, let me <laughs> in. And then uh, walking up the steps, I uh, dropped my coffee all over the place. So, guys, I apologize if I have stunk up the room with uh, coffee, flavored coffee. It's no. on my pants right now, all over the place. Well,
2: that is the worst thing that could happen on a morning that's show is right. that you spill your coffee or your caffeine. Yesterday, I accidentally spilled Matt Rocchio's, uh, what do you, it's a cherry Pepsi, right? It is, yes. Cherry Pepsi. Yeah, I almost Oof. said Diet Dr. Pepper, but a cherry Pepsi. He's not a coffee guy, Dan.
3: That's okay. Yeah, that's right. He's as always got caffeine. Correct. I have to. Yes. Yes. It's, it's understood.
0: It's it's the vice. L- it's yeah. it's yeah. a life, Undoubtedly a vice. Of, I get of, it.
2: Of media members. Um, but, Dan, do you believe in the power of threes? Because when two bad things happen, I always hold my breath for the third thing to happen. Happen.
3: Why are you, why are you jinxing me here? <laughs> no, maybe this is I, not good, Maybe Michelle. if I put
2: it in the universe, it won't happen, or maybe it'll happen after the show, and hopefully it's something minor. Okay. Because I would think spilling your coffee on a morning show when you haven't done this in a while is probably the worst thing that will happen to you today.
3: Well, here's the the main thing that I hope is that I don't say something really stupid to where I get fired. Um, maybe I don't say a cuss word on the air. That would be great. Well, we have a dumb don't, button
2: for that. We'll, have, we'll take care of you.
3: No FCC fines. <laughs> you see what Michelle's doing? She's getting ahead of the jinx with the reverse jinx. Yeah, that's, that's a right. smart play. Yeah. Good call, Matt. By yeah. the way, nice to see you, Matt. Nice Congratulations you, on the gig. Thank you very much, man. Um, Michelle, great to see you. Uh, for, you know what? I, for, People that have been asking, I, I haven't been to the station. I mean, I do the call-ins now, but I've been mm-hmm. in the station in a long time, so it's nice to be back and with my cohort, uh, Michelle Smallman, as you mentioned. Randy on vacation, and then you'll go on vacation on Monday for quite a while.
2: Yes, I actually leave today, and I'm not back oh, until really? February 15th. It is an extended vacation for your girl.
3: Have you told everybody where you're going?
2: I haven't. I have not. Are revealed. we just going to
3: leave that off the table?
2: Well I don't I don't just think people didn't care. (laughs) I think it's pretty
3: amazing where you're going and, and like what you're doing.
2: Well, now that we've brought it up. I didn't know
3: if I was supposed to say no, that you're or not. okay you fine. fine. Right.
2: I am um, going to New York today okay. to meet up with a bunch of my friends. Going
3: into a blizzard.
2: Going, in, Yep, because that's just <laughs> naturally what you do is right. you fly into a bomb cyclone in New York City. Um, and then two of my friends are getting married in South Africa. Awesome. And so a big group of our friends, 20 plus, are flying to South Africa to celebrate the wedding, and then we're going on a safari afterwards. So I'm going to be gone for a while. I figure if you go that far, you need to just empty the bank oh, yeah. with vacation days. When you're there, you might as well make the most of it, so that's yeah. what we're going do.
3: that's amazing i uh have had a couple of friends that have done that and gone on these safaris and they have said to me and then i've seen the pictures when they come back and they're just like it's the most amazing trip i've ever been on and they want to go back mm-hmm. so uh enjoy it have fun and uh stay safe
2: i will and thank you for filling in for me while i'm gone dan you bet. wouldn't be able to go without you all right well let's talk about the blues as i mentioned monday night obviously not their best performance three games in four days the Blues just looked like they didn't really have their legs. You knew that there was going to be a response from this team. Craig Berube had talked during the week and said the team was going to come out and they were going to be ready and that's exactly what we saw in the first period from Braden Chen.
0: Yeah. Um,
4: you know obviously a little frustrating uh, you know first half uh, for, for at times um, you know but hope it's all the way now and just a piece of this team we're so deep up front we're so deep as a team and and uh, we feel like anyone could play with anyone in here and uh which i've touched on before uh everyone's got to take a little bit less uh and buy into the team um in order for everyone to have success so um that's what we feel like we're doing uh, as of late and and like i said i just want to be a a versatile um you know forward for us i can play all three positions and and uh wherever i'm asked to to play that night uh, you just go out there and accept the challenge
2: An unbelievable game, Dan, from Braden Shen, Brandon Saad, and David Perron. They were together on that line, and Brayden Shen's a guy that we appreciate, but sometimes you don't appreciate people until they're not with you. And when when Braden Shen was out, you really felt his absence, and as he talked about there, it seems like he's back to 100%, and he's on his game.
3: So he returned to the lineup January 17th. He has eight points in those four games. So he had two goals, two assists against Nashville, goal against Seattle, Goal against Vancouver, nothing the other day against uh, Calgary, and then last night goal and an assist. Um, There's a few things that stuck out about that soundbite. You got to sometimes, you know, listen to what a guy says, even though they're talking like this. But they actually Mm -hmm. do say something. And it's. I I think what I took from what he's talking about is that this team, because they're so deep, they're being asked to play different roles. Mm -hmm. And they're also being asked to maybe step back, so if they're on a lesser team or even on a decent team, they'd be the main guy, right? Shen would be a, a guy that you would say, okay, that's a top-line guy. Uh, David Perron is still a top-line guy. Um, and these guys are asked not to be top-line guys at times, maybe a second line or a third line, and sometimes are asked to to be different uh, pairings with what they have. And so my point is, is that they're asked to take different roles and are okay with it, and if you do that – and guys don't complain and accept those roles and and thrive in those roles, as a team, collectively, you have success. Yeah. And I think that's what we're getting right now from the St. Louis Blues. Um, and and so the other point of that is that you're getting a lot of depth. Man, are you getting depth. And when Shen is rolling like he is and playing as well as he is like he did last night, and I'm going to throw in your buddy David Perron. I, th- I thought that was Perron's best game that he's had in a long time, I mean, on the puck, away from the puck, just the way that he played aggressively. When you if you're gonna if you're gonna get those two guys, and then you got Thomas up top, and you got Kyrou, and you're rolling out your four lines, and you're getting great goaltending from Billy Huso mm-hmm. This is a team that is a Stanley Cup contender. Now, it really makes it interesting for Doug Armstrong what he wants to do at the trade deadline, and that's going to be here sooner than later. Um, and I do think there's some you know little tweaks that you can make, but right now. I, I just think the Blues are in the conversation for being one of the teams that you would look at as being you know, not not saying you're going out on a limb saying that uh or thinking that you're crazy thinking that the Blues could win the cup, because I, I do think they could do it. They're that good, especially if they're healthy. Perron, Shen, others playing at this level, and so that was really a key last night, and that's something that I took away from hearing from uh, Braden Shin and that soundbite.
2: Absolutely. You mentioned David Perron. He's going to join us today at 9 a.m. We tried to connect with him on Wednesday. He was having phone issues, and he had tweeted Randy and I said, sorry, guys, I don't know what the problem is. We got in touch with David Perron, so we're going to talk to him today, and I want to talk about David Perron a little bit, just because that line was so amazing, and you brought him up, and he's our guest today. He's our guest every week, but I love the physicality out of David Perron last night. when that switch flips in him and you see that side of his game. He really as Braden Shen last night said in the post game last night. That's when you see David Perron at his best oftentimes but I loved the body slam of Dubé on the ice. David Perron just looked like a guy that was not going to be messed with last night and that's what we needed to see from the Blues. We needed a strong response from them after that loss to Calgary on Monday. I love that the the schedule lined up this way and you could see them back to back. I would love to see these two teams in a seven game series Um, but I just think that the Blues at times, we talk about the physicality of this team. We always go back to 2019 and the punishing manner in which they played when they won the cup. And there's still a lot of that in this team. We just need to see it at different times.
3: I think, um, again, Perron played his best game. It was off the puck. It was, the, it, You hit it on the head, the physicality of it. And maybe he's finally healthy. I mean, so many times we don't know when guys are really hurt or what they're hurt with, what they're dealing with, sickness. COVID-19 coming back from that, the, all those kind of things. So, yeah, I, I thought David played an awesome game last night. And another story that really has been talked about a lot in the last couple of weeks, but it's developing even more is Villy Huso We
2: have to talk about it.
3: You know, uh, with everything being equal, so if, if both guys are making the same amount of money, and I'm by the way, I'm, I haven't given up on Bennington whatsoever. I I think he's still very good. But right now, clearly, it's Villy Huso mm-hmm. He has emerged as the guy. And I think you let him run until he proves otherwise, because, you know, when you give in sports, when you give a guy a big contract and he's making a lot of money, you need to justify the contract. And I understand that from an organizational standpoint. But when you're looking at what's best for the team right now, Billy Husso is playing great hockey and the numbers bear it out. I don't think he has lost at home since last year, by the way.
2: Seven to zero this season. Yeah. So
3: he's undefeated at home. And I need to look at some of the numbers here, but I, I was doing some of these when we were going to come in and, and I was doing these last night. So I'll dig them up here in just a second. But so for the season now he's nine, two to nine, two and one, one, eight, one goals against in a nine forty five save percentage. So in home ice, he's not in his last 10 starts. So this goes back to April of last year. He's nine, Oh, and zero, and in seven starts this year, one, one, and one goals against average. So, you know, it's it, it just the numbers bear it out. The guy's got to play. And now if you have back-to-backs, certainly Bennington is there. And it's going to be incumbent on the coaching staff to to get to Jordan Bennington and to keep him engaged. And and I think they will. And he, you know, he thrives on being motivated and mm-hmm. being pushed and all those kind of things. So still a long way to go in the season. And, and things change. You know what I mean? You, you get in those situations where all of a sudden a guy takes off and then it's Bennington. But right now it's Husso. And they're playing really well in front of him, but he's also playing well and giving them a chance for – the, the players up front to take chances so if they get an odd man rush coming the other way they feel comfortable doing it. That's how well he's playing.
2: That's right and it's a battle in the Central. It's a battle yeah. in the Western Conference. There's not a lot of room for error. You need to collect those points while you can. Ride the hot hand while you can and who understands that more than Jordan Binnington? Right. He did this in 2019 when he set the world on fire and was better than Jake Allen and, and they rode the hot guy in Jordan Binnington so I'm sure he understands that but I bet he takes this time during the All-Star break probably works with the coaches. Hopefully gets his mind right, and I would be surprised if we didn't see a renewed Jordan Bennington on the other side of this, because as you said, this is a guy that thrives in pressure and that when the moment is there, we've seen him rise to it, so I would be surprised if we don't see some improvement out of him in the second half.
3: And the game against Calgary in Calgary not to say it was unfair against him, but the blues didn't play well in front of no. him. I mean, they didn't skate well at all. You could tell they were tired. There was dead legs. And a little bit of that was Calgary last night. They were in game two of back to backs. So, you know, turn around is fair play, but you got to keep, you know, I'm sure the coaches are going to him last night or before the game. And again, today at practice and over the weekend, and they're going to keep him engaged, and that's what they're going to do. And he's a pro. He'll get it. But Billy Huso right now has earned this opportunity, and he's going to take it and run with it. And he's he's earned it. with The numbers bear that out, and the wins bear that out, too.
2: That's Danny Mac. I'm Michelle Smallman. We're going to talk more about the Blues 5-1 to victory over the Flames throughout the show. But coming up next, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line, 65780. It's time for the highs and lows of the week. It's Peaker Pitt next on 101 ESPN. <laughs>
1: We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Up into the peaks or into the pit? Peaks and pits. Join in on the conversation with Character and Smallman now. Text 65780. This is 101 ESPN.
2: Carricker and Smallman here on 101 ESPN. No Randy Cariker, Danny Mack is here. It's just like old times, Dan. It's it just, is. just like old times. Friday, Thursdays and Fridays, you used to hang out with us in the morning. It's great to have you back.
3: It's good to be back. Good to be back. I uh, I don't like the snow out there, though, so you can take that or leave it, and that's our segment, right? <laughs> well, no, that's at 745. <laughs> yeah, so get your... Oh, there's pick or, get get your, your Pit.
2: Text in right now to the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. It's Fridays, which means we need to look back on the week, talk about the highs and the lows. Dan, I'll, I'll get things started. way. Even though you kind of started with the snow, which is incredibly lame. <laughs> <laughs> but my peak is the Blues game last night. I love the response from this team. As you mentioned last segment, I truly think this is a team that could win, win a cup. They are so deep. I agree. They are battle-tested. I just love watching them play. It's different guys that step up every night. They've just got that special something, that yeah. special sauce. And I loved the response from the Blues last night. So that's going to be my peak. And stick with me on this one. Okay. But my pit was the weekend of football that we saw. And you're probably thinking, what, Michelle? It's the best weekend of football we've ever seen. I'm sad that it's over and that we'll okay. likely never see four games like that again. I think we
3: will. I hope so. Ahead. I
2: certainly hope so. Well, with all these young quarterbacks in the league that are going to be there for the next 10, maybe 15 years, you may be right. But anytime that we have an amazing NFL weekend like that, it kind of pangs my heart that we won't have moments like that in St. Louis. You yeah. know. I, I get it. It bums it's like a very bittersweet thing to have an entire weekend where you're watching this and you're so captivated by it and then to think, We had that once and we'll yeah. never have it again. It's kind you of know,
3: wistful. You know, for me I, I um I looked at it a little bit differently, I guess. Um I know this is peak or pit, but I as a baseball guy that and I say baseball guy, I love everybody knows I love baseball. I know that's a really old statement. Uh, <laughs> you do? <laughs> coming up on my 25th year doing cardinal games on television. But um so as I was watching that I was thinking, man, uh this is so compelling, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Saturday was compelling and these games are coming down to the very end. And even if you're like me and I think I told you guys on Monday I may not watch a full football game, and it's very rare that I sit through an entire football. I don't think I've watched an entire football game since the Rams left. Mm -hmm. That includes a Super Bowl. Wow. Um, And so Saturday and Sunday, you know, my friends would be, hey, are you watching this? And I might have been in and out of the games like the kansas city game on sunday i was in and out of that game but i sure was watching the last five minutes <laughs> I bet you were holy smokes one of the great five minutes of sports i've ever seen in my life
2: even two minutes yes
3: exactly <laughs> and so as a baseball guy it made me think man if i was affiliated with the sport i i've really we got to get things going
2: yeah Good like
3: call. you know where are we right now because we're You know, we are in a great baseball town of St. Louis and we'll talk baseball right on sports radio and things like that. But the rest of the country, other places, a lot of them aren't even it's not even on the radar right now. So let's get our stuff going together. We got to get it going here. And, you know, we can't lose people. We can't lose fans and we can't. (laughs) This sport has got it figured out right now. The NFL and we can't. and, And so we can't lose what we whatever we got right now. And I just, let's get it together. That's what I was thinking as I was watching this and being also just a, a like, just, it was compelling television to yeah. watch the game.
2: Dan, you're a powerful guy. Can you get that oh, message yeah. to the powers that be? Because that's what they oh, need yeah, to think about. Listen to me. I know that maybe it's in the background. Matt, of can their you mind. get me
3: Manfred on the phone? Yeah. Thanks. Call
2: up Robbie. Tell him it's Dan. Tell hey, him it's Robbie, back. let's
3: do some lunch, babe.
2: <laughs> Robbie, it's Danny. Call me back. Love you, babe. <laughs> yeah. Tell the wife I said hello. He's
3: but, like, who the hell is that guy?
2: But I feel like so many people, when they observe these labor negotiations or the way that baseball is acting tone deaf at times, this is what they're thinking is you have an opportunity to improve your product. You have an opportunity to capitalize on different aspects of, of fans and the way that they consume your product. And instead, you're... You're fighting again. I just think that if they thought about it through the lens that you just laid out, we would be in a very different place.
3: Yeah, it's just like, man, if I'm a power broker in this sport and I'm watching that I'm going, Oof. oh boy, <laughs> you know, and and I always do this too. I always tweet out um, when the final clock hits zero in the Super Bowl, I'm like it's baseball season, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. time to time to think baseball, really think baseball. And I do think that we'll have uh, a lot of the sports fans, you know, do the, for me, at least when when football is over, it's re- it's like, OK, now we can really focus on the stretch on a hockey and baseball and college basketball. Right. Mm-hmm. But the, the the talk will be if it's not settled, you know, the labor stuff and, and people just don't want to hear that. No, so, you don't. OK, so I got my peak. OK, uh, my peak is uh, a St. Louis kid. And it's Yuri Collins, and he breaks the all-time assist record at St. Louis University. And it didn't get a lot of attention, and I think it should have gotten more. Now, Yuri Collins is a fabulous player. He may lead the entire country in assists, and no one's talking about it. He's averaging close to nine a game. Now, he's done this, Michelle, and some people are going to say, well... He, he, you know, he's a sophomore and, oh, it's this, that, and the other. He did this in about 67 or 68 games. So he did this in not even a full four-year stretch. He will shatter the all-time record, which he's, you know, already broken. He's going to get close to 1,000 assists before it's all said and done, if not get over 1,000. So that's pretty cool. And then the other thing is Gibson Jimerson will be – it's going to be one of those – you ever have those players where you go – God, is this guy like the opposite team, right? And you're like, he has been on that team for 30 years. Yes. He doesn't go away. Well, truly, Gibson Jimerson is never going to go away because he's freshman, although he has started as a freshman two years ago. So he got a medical red shirt, then he got the COVID year, and now he comes back as a freshman yes so he's had a 31 point game against umass on sunday and then he almost had a 30 point game this past week he would have been the first billikin since anthony bonner in 1990 to have back-to-back 30 point games that is incredible so the future is very bright for slew and i really feel badly for for travis ford because the last two years he had ncaa teams Mm -hmm. it's gonna be tough for them to get in this year i think they're gonna probably have to win their their conference tournament but Good for the St. Louis kid, Uri Collins. He's a really good kid, a really good player, and he sets the all-time assist record at SLU.
2: We talked to Coach Ford about the team and about Uri Collins this yeah. week. If you missed that interview, check it out on 101ESPN.com. You can download the podcast. Highly recommend it. He talks about how he fell in love with Uri Collins the first time he ever saw him play.
3: Yeah, uh, it's. I can understand why. I, I did a game last night uh, in the Valley, and I was watching their point guard play, and this is of uh, the Ramblers of Loyola Mm -hmm. final four team sorry sister Jean you know I know you know and a sweet 16 team and then uh, a very good southern Illinois team and their point guard play wasn't even close to watching now again Uri Collins may lead the nation in assists Mm -hmm. but I watch a lot of college basketball Uri Collins is a really good player Mm -hmm. really good player
0: and not to get a, you know ahead, but next year Martin Linson looks like he's not coming back. But everything we've heard looks like Javante Perkins is going to return after he comes back from that knee. That's great. I mean the sky's the limit next year I mean, I'm, I'm i'm just even more excited for next year and I, and that's also you know mainly because javante goes down for this season but i mean they're building something this year yeah gibson wasn't going to take this jump i think if javante was here just because where the ball was going to have to go and so it's kind of you know the silver lining in,
3: in kind of a dark cloud with that injury and they got terrence hargrove kid from east st louis mm-hmm. uh they got jordan nesbitt who is at memphis from st louis comes back That's the other thing I love about what Travis Ford is doing. He he not only is recruiting, but he's recruiting a lot of local kids that can play. So go out and support your Billikens.
2: Absolutely. Let's get to some text on the Air Comfort Service text line, 65780. Matt Racchio, what do you have for us?
0: The pit was the 7-1 Blues lost peak, driving past the STL SC Stadium and seeing how amazing it looks already.
2: You know what? Every time I drive past that stadium, it takes my breath away because there's so much movement that's happening there i mean about mls yes every time i every time i see it they've made so much progress on it and i've I've gotten a chance to go inside it it's going to be spectacular
3: talked to uh, carolyn kendall betts uh, a couple days ago Mm -hmm. and uh, i said you know i guess we got to find a silver lining out of covid is that you got an extra year and she said Yeah. She said we probably needed that extra year. And she said, you know, this time last year, Dan, she said, I think it was something. I, I may get my numbers wrong. Michelle, you may know this. She said we had, I think it was 15 employees now we have 65 wow yeah so it's a growing business and they're going to keep adding and you you know you probably see like a secondary team come and they've got the academy team and and they're going to start bringing in some players so it's really cool and and i think fans are just going to love it
0: they are i'm going to do a mini peak and pit on that point the 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 peak there is that you get that extra year to get everything the pit is you missed out on getting to draft one of those slew players yes because if they would have been the way it started in 2022 they could hit the ground running with this local st louis product that would have been incredible
3: uh i think though i talked to kevin kalish two weeks ago and they have like another wave of these kids coming that's
0: nice i love to
3: hear that yeah so they had six kids get drafted and four went in the first round which is amazing. amazing that's amazing my peak was the
0: Chiefs versus bills game and my pit was sean payton stepping down as a saints fan it's weird not seeing him in breeze anymore
2: that is true. Yeah. Your identity is so wrapped up in those two guys, and now they're gone. You know, I was thinking about this, Dan, and maybe we can get into this later. We talked to Adam Wainwright last week. and How's
3: Wainwright doing?
2: Amazing, of yeah. course. But, you know, with, that, with the winter warm-up being canceled, he was like, the fans need something. So he's putting together a great charity awesome. concert through Big League Impact. Check it out. Go support Wainwright. It's going to be in Springfield. But how weird is it going to be? To not have Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina as the face of the Cardinals. I mean, we talk about it. We know the end is near. But to not have them there is going to be so bizarre.
3: Can I do a shameless plug? Yes, please do. So, I, you know, I do this website. Yes. It's uh, called uh, scoopswithdannymack.com.
2: It's a very successful and oh. very content-rich website. It,
3: it, thank you very much. Passionate endeavor that I have. <laughs> and so every Friday I visit with Ben Fredrickson. And so we already did our visit this morning, early this morning. And... We talked about, is this truly it for Yachty and Weino? It was one of the topics that we got into. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting. You know, I do think this will be, I I finally am coming to the realization that I'm going to believe Yachty when he says this is it. <laughs> but uh, with Waino, when I'm seeing like John Lester's numbers, like John Lester is going to be probably, I think he's going to go to the Hall of Fame. And Waino is right there. So if, you, if he has a year like he had this year, and let's say he stays healthy. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of ifs. I get it. And age, you know, father time gets us all. But, boy, that would really push me to go for one more year. Now, family is another – family trumps everything, certainly with Wayno and everybody else. But, um, man, oh, man, I, I I, would think, do I want to go – do I want to have that one more year to pad my s- – and, and, again, he's a team guy. Don't get me wrong. But if I still feel I can compete at a high level and get that one more year in – and pat him, and, and then solidify my case for Cooperstown, do I do it? And I'd have to think long and hard about that. Mm-hmm. I really would. I put in all this time and my body and and I, I paid the ultimate price of, of arm surgeries and elbows and shoulders and all this other stuff. But I got a chance to go to Cooperstown and, and I'm immortalized in the game of baseball. I'd have to think about it. I really would.
2: Would he want to do it if Yachty wasn't coming back? And remember when he came into studio with us and yeah. sat with us for like an hour? Afterwards, we we spent some time with him and he talked a lot about his kids and about how yes. they're getting to this certain point in, in their lives and he doesn't want to miss those moments. And that's something that he, he's talked a lot about publicly that's already been weighing on his mind. I just wonder if he wants to extend that one more year because he's talked about everything that he has to give up and that his family has to sacrifice for him to play. And I just I wonder if he would want to extend that one more year.
3: I uh, hosted the Big League Impact uh, um, Trivia Night during the summer, and the team was in Chicago. And his oldest daughter is going into high school. And so on a Zoom, you know how you can go into the private rooms and then you come back out and you're on the main thing or whatever? So we would go and do He's in his hotel room. I'm at my basement and his daughter's in at home and so we would all us three would go in a private room and just have conversation he's like you know Dan's got a daughter that's a freshman and you know <laughs> and we're just having a conversation about high school and it did, it did strike me mm-hmm. when we're all talking you know for 15 minutes in between all these sessions we're talking golf and sports and all this stuff about you know the pull of family and i'm not a player but i can tell you i when we're traveling i feel that you of know course, it's yeah. the pull of family but i'm not making you know life changing millions of dollars and to you where i have can have the Hall of
2: Fame on the line. <laughs>
3: right. So I don't have a choice. So I go on the charter and I get on the road, which I love and it's a great job if you want to call it a job. But the point is I can understand if if you have the money in the bank and it's it's really I i think some players take are I what's the best word? They they self um self evaluation and they say am I being selfish in saying I want to continue to play when I've made this kind of money and I have the chance to be at home. Right. And I, I understand that. I do.
2: I do, too. That's Danny Mack. So great to have him back in studio. I'm Michelle Smallman. Thank you to Matt Rocchio for the text, and thank you to the tech for the text at the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. Coming up next, we're going to talk a little golf. It's our Friday visit with Jay Delsing. Keep it here on 101 ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: It's Carriker and Smallman here on 101 ESPN. Dan McLaughlin filling in for Randy Carricker today. Not only filling in for Randy today, but he's going to be filling in for me until February 15th.
3: Long stretch.
2: So thank you, Dan.
3: Long stretch.
2: You were like, oh, I'm not going to do a daily show for Dan. And then I'm like, actually, Dan, I'm taking two weeks of vacation. I'm tapping you in, buddy.
3: Hey, no big deal. Uh, happy to do it. Up early anyway. You know, kiddos do that to you. So might as well just come on in and talk a little sports. And Dan, what not, the hell?
2: not to pump your tires, but yeah. the text line is going nuts because everybody misses oh, you. We love you. We miss you like this I need one. To,
3: I need to get on the text line then and take a look at that and see what I'm getting ripped on. A lot of times I get ripped.
2: No, you're not getting ripped. Uh, we're waiting for Jay Delsing, by the way. We're going to talk to Jay here in a second. But how about this one from the 636? It would make my week if you told Danny Mac that I love him, LOL. So the 636, nothing but love, Dan. Oh,
3: I love the 636 six thanks mom
2: oh we do have Jay Delsing okay Jay, Jay Delsing <laughs> joins us on the Brown and and celebrity line to talk a little golf good morning Jay it's Michelle Smallman and Danny Mac how you doing
3: hey guys good morning and doing well Jay did you just wake up
5: <laughs> I wish I could say I did I'm old Danny I get up early
3: Jay, don't lie. We were trying to get a hold of you during the break. You weren't answering your phone. I had to text you, and I said, answer your damn phone. And now you sound like you got a cold and you just woke up. What the hell's going on there? Well,
2: you know what, Dan? He does own a wine bar now, That's a delicious true. Wild Crush wine bar. So maybe those nights are a little longer, which Ooh. means the mornings uh, come a little harsher. I don't hey, know, it's Jay. It's Michelle.
3: Good keep call, keep Michelle. Going,
5: Michelle. Keep going, Michelle. <laughs> we had the Blues game last night. We had the Powers Insurance Agency give away a ticket for some listeners we sat behind, uh, between the benches, and the Blues whipped up on the Calgary Flames. So, yeah, that's what I was doing.
3: Nice.
2: That's a, a great game to go to, Jay. Uh, well, Jay, we love talking golf with you. We only ask you the hardest-hitting golf questions here on 101 ESPN. So, first question from me, what did you think of Brooks Kepka dyeing his hair blonde?
5: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I've actually done that when my when my daughters were younger and I was playing and we had a we had a rain delay at the, the John Deere in Quad Cities and they're like what do you guys want to do and I'm like dad we want to dye your hair I'm like okay let's do it <laughs> it was uh, I wore a hat for a long long time
3: <laughs> yeah. I bet you did
2: yeah I'm trying to read about the farmers insurance open and it seems like every website I click on to read about golf the first story is that Brooks Kepka bleached his hair <laughs>
5: I know, guys. I I just don't see why that's such a thing. I mean, uh, but you know, that's that's what we got.
3: Hey, I got to ask you about this. I didn't realize um, that Jordan Spieth had the longest active made cut streak. It was twenty on tour, and then uh, I went and looked at Tiger, and I was just curious. I was like, man, that that you know, twenty cuts made. That that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of cuts. It's hard to make a cut, as you know, Jay. Tiger Woods made 122, <laughs> 120. I couldn't believe it. It's just, it's unbelievable that this guy, uh, of what he, did, I mean, that's why I guess he was must see TV because every weekend he was playing on Saturday and Sunday.
5: And it was right when he got out on tour, you guys. And I, I can't remember. I think it was the Canadian Open. We were playing in Montreal, and he missed the cut. And everybody's like, "You got to be kidding me! What happened to him?" Right. You know, everybody thought the guy was never going to miss a cut. Um, yeah, it's a, it's an incredible record. When you look at even the great Jack Nicklaus, um, you know Jack missed you know several cuts every year. And Tiger came out. I think Danny, that was something like five or six years of his of his playing in a row that he had never missed a cut. I'm like, man. Sometimes when I was you know lining up my schedule, I'm like, well, I'm gonna bring some extra clothes because I'll probably have a couple weekends off, you know, so I have something to do. Uh, It was it was it was an amazing he had he had so many of the records you guys if he had not done what he what happened to him what he did to himself however you want to look at it it would have been he would have owned every record in the in the record book for for golf period.
2: It's really remarkable. Well, Jay, let's talk a little bit about the Farmers Insurance Open. We have Adam Chang, Justin Thomas, and John Rahm all tied for first heading into this tournament. Who did you like and why?
5: Oh my gosh! It's well, with Tiger, uh, Tiger's record at Torrey is ridiculous, but obviously Tiger's not able to play yet. It's a perfect golf course for John Rahm. It is. It is a Torrey Pines uh, South. The North course is as is much shorter and a little tighter, but Torrey Pines South is just a huge golf course, and the way that John romp drives the ball, it gives him a huge advantage out there. The other thing that's amazing, you guys, I don't know if you've ever played any golf around the water, but they have the seaside polana, uh, uh grass on the greens, and it, the, the greens get incredibly bumpy, and they actually grow a little bit from the morning to the afternoon, and it really is a place that can drive you crazy putting-wise. But Rom has handled the greens there beautifully. Obviously won the U.S. Open there. So, I mean, he had to be the, uh, the, the big favorite going into this week. Uh, I, I loved him to, to play well there.
3: How many guys are, are playing this early in the season, Jay, or do they start saying, you know what, I'll get it going, you know, right around Masters time. I'll, I'll play maybe three or four events prior to the Masters just to get it rolling.
5: Only Tiger. Yeah, and, and not even you know Tiger's got a different schedule this year. Only Tiger now, Danny. The um, the tour has got the FedEx Cup is I mean the the FedEx Cup's worth fifteen million bucks. Sure. For for these guys, and so uh, what's got what what throws everybody off, you guys, is the wraparound season. You know where they say the end of twenty twenty two is going to be at the Tour Championship down in Atlanta, and then we're going to go ahead and you know take a week off, and then start out you know start. 2023 off even though we're not on that calendar year. It still throws me off. I'm like, I don't know why. I, I don't love it, but if I was playing still, I would have loved it because it would have given me some opportunities to play where some of the bigger names took off and um, it you know would have given me a chance to make some more money.
2: Love listening to Golf with Jay Delsing every weekend. Jay, what can we expect out of the program this weekend?
5: Oh, I've got a young guy named Matt Minder on the show. He founded this amateur pro golf uh, amateur players tour and it's a, it's amazing he started this thing in 2018 and he's got 700 tournaments for folks to play any uh skill level you guys he's got five different divisions oh, that's cool they have got major yeah it's it's really cool he got majors set up across the country and uh it started here in st louis so we got to give a little shout out to matt and uh and that tour
2: very cool we'll be listening well thanks so much for the time jay enjoy the weekend and we'll talk to you next week
5: going back to bed guys
2: <laughs> take care
5: Jay.
3: enjoy
2: that it's cold outside we i'd go back to bed too
3: we caught him at the uh slew game last night and or, i mean at the uh, uh blues game last night see him a little rusty today been a while since i did this radio thing michelle so you have to <laughs> kick me in gear here but um yeah we caught him
2: yeah yeah we i mean if you, if you were at the blues game last night though after that performance wouldn't you have had a yeah a, i mean you got a, a, a late fun. Night. Yeah, yeah of course go out no doubt you know that's danny mack on michelle smallman it's seven forty-seven in st louis that time check is brought to you by Clarkson jewelers and an officially licensed rolex jeweler coming up get your text into the air comfort service text line at 65780 it's time for a little game of tioli take it or leave it is next on 101 espn <laughs>
1: We're right back to the Carriker and Smallman podcast Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers On 101 ESPN Take it or leave it Give us your feedback now by texting 65780 It's take it or leave it With Carriker and Smallman On 101 ESPN Powered by Gloria Lou Realty Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com And start packing
2: It is Character and Smallman, Sans' character, character here on 101 ESPN, but we're having so much fun on a Friday because Danny Mack is in the studio. Get your text in right now to the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. It's time for a little game of Take It or Leave It. Dan, I'm going to pose this one to you that came to the text line All right. from the 636. As we have shared, I am leaving. Today is my last day on the air for a while. I'm not going to be back until February 16th on the air. Dan, and
3: let's make sure everybody knows if they didn't hear, You're going on, vaca- yes, this going is on vacation. This isn't a medical issue no, or anything like that. No, no, like I'm that. fine. I'm Everything's fine. good.
2: We are thriving here. Yes. But Dan's going to be filling in for me for uh, the entirety of my trip. But the 636 says, take it or leave it. Michelle returns before baseball does. <laughs>
3: uh, so, again, you come back February 16th. 16th. This, I'll be on the air. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh yeah, I think you'll return before baseball does. I hate saying that, but Dang,
2: I was hoping you would leave it, Dan.
3: Uh that's just a guess. Yeah. I mean, we all I think we all are at this point, and I mean this sincerely, we're all just it's a guessing game unless you're in that room. They have really been, for the most part, pretty tight lipped. And I mean, even to the people that would be in the know uh and finding out some of the issues that they may be talking about, but no one really knows. And I do talk to people that are tight with those that do know. Mm -hmm. And even there, there's some gray area as to what's happening. And so we're all, it's just a guessing game. You know, do you go down to Florida? Do you get ready for spring training? Do you, you know, even for the players, you know, should I go set up? Should I not? You know, what I find really interesting about this, Michelle, is that you have like uh, guys that are on the 40-man roster. And if you are on the 40-man roster, you are... Technically locked out. So we are talking about Juan Yepes. Mm-hmm. So if Juan Yepes wanted to go down and work out when minor league spring training opens up, even though he's a minor league pl- he's been a minor league player, never played a day in the major leagues. He's been there one day when he made the postseason roster. Can't go.
2: That's ridiculous. Like what are we doing here?
3: Yeah, I, that that part is, is frustrating. C- certain aspects of this are, are very frustrating. So you're going to have certain players that, you know, are on the cusp of Major League Baseball and are on the 40-man roster and maybe haven't played Major League Baseball, they can't go to camp, you know? So you're kind of left on the outside. It's just... One of the, the nasty aspects of this.
2: It really I don't is. don't like it. We'll yeah. talk a, a little baseball uh, actually coming up next segment at 8 o'clock. Okay. All right. I, I want to just kick around some baseball topics with you, Dan. All we right. miss talking baseball with you, so we'll do that uh, at 8 o'clock. But please give us your take it or leave it you mean you, have
3: uh, you mean the uh – the show before us wasn't talking baseball
2: no i think they were talking nfl head coaching hires okay and maybe a little championship weekend and maybe a little nba but i, I doubt they, maybe, they were talking baseball i
3: thought uh they would have gotten into the blues win last night too
2: big win yeah big bounce back win from the blues I
3: didn't hear that okay. should get
2: some more national attention if you ask me
3: probably should <laughs> um is it my turn
2: yes you have one if not, we could go to the text line
3: let's go to the text line
2: all right Matt Rocchio, please let us know what's on the text line, 65780.
3: I've been too chatty today.
0: I love it. Take it or leave it. Assuming Binner finds it again, we have the best two goalies in the league heading into the playoffs. Quote, unquote, do I look nervous? <laughs>
2: I'll take that. If you got if you got yeah. Stanley Cup run Jordan Binnington combined yeah. with the play we're seeing out of Husso right sure. now, why wouldn't you take that tandem? Yeah,
3: I, I agree. Totally. I mean, it'd be hard to find a better one-two punch with those two guys. Absolutely.
2: And that's why I know that people are concerned about Jordan Bennington, but that's the way I look at it is you have a goalie who's playing amazing right now in Billy Huso, and if Jordan Bennington does find that, that spark back again, think about how dangerous and lethal yeah. this team would be. It's not as if you don't have another option behind Bennington. You have Huso who's playing great. It's really only a positive if you think about it.
3: Yes, I agree. What do you have,
0: Matt? Take it or leave it? Oh, I, I missed. Oh, there it goes. All right. Take it or leave it. Adam Wainwright wins 32 more MLB games the next two years Ooh. and gets to that magic number.
2: I would love that, but I'm going to leave it because as of right now, I don't know if he'll play another two
3: years. So with 32, we need to look this up. Uh, 32, would that give him, does that get him to 200 wins? I believe so, yes. Yeah, I think it does. Let's see here. The textures math was indeed correct. He okay. Right now,
0: he is right now at 184. No, that gets him to 116. He he only needs
3: 16 wins. 16 me. wins. Yeah. Okay, 16 wins gets him to 200. Yep, he's 184 and 105. Okay, so now wins for the new age voter. It's nice to have, mm-hmm. but it doesn't necessarily mean enshrinement into the Hall of Fame. And you know, you start looking at other guys. That have been dominant in their careers like pedro martinez okay so not at 300 wins but a dominant pitcher in his era you have to start looking at innings uh you start looking at strikeouts you start looking at those things and where he's at and that i, I would take a harder look at that in era where he finishes in his era and that to me would be more of and his longevity would be more of what i would look at with adam wainwright now it does look nice when you get to 200. 200 is a nice round number. Don't get me wrong. That's that's pretty cool. Um, and I think it ab- absolutely adds to his resume. So, yes, I'd love to see him get to 200. But I think the other numbers are the ones that would probably put him over the top. Take it or leave it, the 49ers will win by at least six points this weekend. I'm going to leave that, and I hate saying that.
2: Why, you think the Rams will win, or you think it'll be closer?
3: Uh, I do think the Rams are going to win. Wow. Um,
2: I mean, it's going to – It's you can make the argument either way. Yeah. But I keep going back to the fact that Kyle Shanahan owns Sean McVay. I mean, He's, look at the record. Has. And maybe that's because I want to extract that number. That's the number that I want to focus on. But the 49ers have dominated the Rams. Kyle Shanahan seems to know what Sean McVay is doing, step ahead. And I just think about that environment. And it's going to have a lot of 49ers fans there.
3: I, I Well, that's the thing. So there's a few things. I don't know if I can even hate watch. I, I don't usually even hate watch the Rams. Mm-hmm. I don't even watch them. I, I just can't even watch. Um,
2: Apathy. That's even better, though.
3: Yeah, I guess. I, I just like whatever. And um, I think, though, I'm more curious about when the Rams are on offense to hear the crowd. I, I just want to hear the crowd. I yeah. want to see um, and listen to what kind of crowd is going to be there. You know, and what what was sold on the secondary market, and I'm assuming it's going to be big numbers, and I'm going to assume that there's going to be more 49er fans than there are Ram fans. I, I just I believe that. According I, to notice,
0: noticeably unbiased LA writer uh, Sam Farmer, it is the biggest day so far on StubHub for, I, for that for that game. Yeah, and well, so that tells me there's a lot of reselling goes on. Sure. It tells me that a lot of people are circumventing those little rules the Rams try to throw up. And uh, yeah, I'm very excited to see what happens on the. Rams offensive possessions. Yeah, yeah, last
2: night I I saw on social media that they, as of right now, we're projecting sixty five percent forty nine er fans.
3: Yeah, I I mean it's clear. I think what's happened is that L A didn't need the NFL. The NFL wanted L A, and they we, wanted
2: that valuation.
3: Yeah, you know, and, and
2: <laughs> that TV deal.
3: And and this is what's happened. So they've done everything possible to have a state of the art, maybe the best stadium in the world. It's one beautiful. of them and they've gotten a young head coach they've gotten all-star players and and potential hall of famers all over the place to gear up for this year to be at home for the super bowl Um, and still they're not getting their fans to come out so they've done everything they possibly can to line this thing up and still the fans aren't coming out the home fans so it is what it is
2: can we get one more matt
3: yes of course take it or leave it tanner hall's hits on mckinnon
0: wouldn't have happened in the 1990s just a different era of hockey took a nice little cheap shot at him no i think it would have yeah. yeah it just would have gotten policed differently yeah i was, yes. I yeah, I was exactly, gonna say the, the, the retribution would have happened more
3: back then than now
5: yeah
2: the retribution might have been different yeah, yeah
0: there's would have been an uglier hit on mckinnon yeah or on mean,
3: tanner hall it's a different game now clearly in in the nhl um and when i was doing the nhl i mean you were seeing those types of hits but you were seeing a lot of open ice hits I mean, if anybody grew up watching Scott Stevens, you know what I'm talking about. And Eric Lindros. Yep. And, and then prior to that, you were seeing guys that were just destroying each other. But that's why you carried Kelly Chase and Tony Twist and Marty McSorley and other players to police what was happening on the ice for your star players. So I think it would have happened more pre- previous to this hit than what you have now and what you're seeing with some of your star players now. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Michelle.
2: And thank you for your text to the Air Comfort Service text line, 65780. Danny Mack, Michelle Smallman here with you on 101 ESPN. Coming up next, we're going to talk a little Cardinal
3: baseball. Cardinal baseball.
2: I mean, Dan's here. we got to talk Cardinal baseball. let that's, that's next on 101 ESPN.
1: We're right back to the character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: st louis that time check is brought to you by clerks and jewelers an officially licensed rolex jeweler dan how about this we have your chance to win two free lawn tickets to see the the zach brown band bringing out in the middle tour they're coming to hollywood casino amphitheater on august 12th tickets are on sale now you can also find a bonus chance to win for zach brown band at 101 espn.com or in on the 101 espn mobile app
3: i got a question for you When's a to- have you been to a concert since the uh, pandemic? I have, yes. What'd you go to?
2: I went to several. Um I saw Alanis Morissette, who was amazing. How was she? I mean, you want to talk about some pipe stand. Yeah. She can sing.
3: Was she uh, what a was voice. it a, acoustic?
2: She did a lot of stuff acoustic, yeah. What was I that did, at? It was at um it was at the Hollywood Casino Amphitheater, I believe. Okay. Yes. Did you see that documentary on her on HBO? No, I you
3: should I, watch it. It's very I'm good. I'm going to, yeah. I'm I'm that's on my list. I'm what right now talent. I'm trying to get through uh, succession.
2: Succession is awesome. Yeah. Are you on the most recent season? I'm not. Okay. Then I I won't say anything to spoil it in a commercial break.
3: I went back to, uh, so when we were traveling, I would uh, go back to my room and I've got like a a bunch of different like Netflix and HBO Go and Showtime shows and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, most people like watched all these things during the pandemic. I did not watch anything. So I had to go back and rewatch a bunch of shows and now we're gonna go back to traveling this year so uh i think i'm gonna get caught up on a lot of things but succession i'm i'm back in i just started uh i watched season one and now i'm getting into season two and so i think they just completed four right
2: yeah i think so yes. yeah
3: so i'll get through that uh, probably in the next couple of weeks i love it i think it's a great show
2: the one-liners in that show are unreal oh
3: yeah they're awesome so great yes
2: um but you know what baseball right now is kind of like the roy family when you think about you think it, so? everyone's posturing for power. There's yeah. there's a lot of fighting going on. Positioning. Yes, yeah. sure. backstabbing, things okay. of that nature. And I don't want to talk about any of that, though. I'm, okay. sick, I'm sick of talking about the lockout and when baseball's coming back. I want to talk some Cardinal baseball because that's what we should be doing this time of year, right, is gearing up for spring training and getting excited for Cardinal baseball. And there will be baseball at some point, so let's talk some baseball now so that we, we have Danny Mac here. So we
3: would be January 28th, so we'd be, eh, we'd be about two and a half weeks away from – and we are. We're – I'm going to say we're two and a half weeks away from the beginning of spring training
2: let's put that out into the universe yes. and hopefully we'll be going so Dan when you look at this Cardinals team and obviously there's so many storylines that we could get into let's start with the pitching I look at this this rotation and I think Dakota Hudson is going to be such an important X factor for this Cardinals team. And I think he might be better than we expect. It's been so long since we've seen him that we're not really registering that. Oh, yeah, Dakota Hudson is coming back and he could be a real force for this team.
3: I think he's going to be quietly um, a stabilizing force, Mm -hmm. Um, even though he is coming off of Tommy John. I, I saw enough at the end of last season where. I, I think he's going to be just fine and so every fifth day he's going to take the ball and he might have that occasional bump you know in the road where uh, it's his turn in the rotation and and especially coming off of tommy john you know maybe there's just that uh, a dead arm stage or just you know kind of hits a wall and then is able to grind through it which happens to every pitcher doesn't matter reliever or starter and then gets through it and then all of a sudden gets back to where he was I think the X factor though for this rotation is Jack Flaherty. Healthy and Jack Flaherty. Healthy Jack Flaherty. Absolutely. And I I just I'm a little concerned. You know, I, I saw a Jack Flaherty at the end of the year that the velocity wasn't quite there, and they try to use him in different ways just to get into the postseason. And it it just didn't look like the same guy to me. Now you have a full offseason to recover and train and strengthen, um, but that's where this spring training would have been important for him to be able to see where he's at and to evaluate. So that's the X factor. Because Michelle, I was going back the other day. As you know, I'm a baseball geek, and I go <laughs> yes. back and I look at all different types of trends and different and in various numbers. When Jack Flaherty has been healthy, he is a top five i'll say this he's a top 10 potential top five pitcher in the game of baseball win healthy Mm -hmm. so that's a guy that every fifth day he stops a losing streak or he continues a winning streak but he is a dominant pitcher and it doesn't matter who he's going up against max scherzer you you throw the best guy that they've got on the other side he can match that guy so that's the x factor for me is a healthy jack flaherty he's got to be healthy
2: there's a lot of questions in this rotation. Adam Wainwright, you know what he can give you, but we're all kind of waiting for the, e- the end of the road right. to come. We're wondering if we're going to see any regression from Wainwright. We're wondering if Jack Flaherty can sustain his health and sustain his dominance the way that we've all expected him to do. We mentioned Dakota Hudson. Steven Matz is an, a new piece to the pie. We're wondering how he's going to translate here in St. Louis. And Miles Michaelis, lots health. of question questions with Miles Michaelis about health, too. So, If everything goes correctly this could be an amazing rotation but there's a lot of questions as we approach what is hopefully spring training
3: sure and the other part of that then is just like last year where's your depth because if some of these pieces don't fall into place and i thought they had plenty of depth and i was completely wrong (laughs) going into spring training last year i thought man this team's got all kinds of pitching they're going to be fine and they weren't and it cost them and they had to scramble and win 17 in a row to get in the postseason And uh, by the way, we don't talk about that enough. That was so much fun when they won 17 in a row.
2: It's one of the most fun things I've ever experienced in my sports life. Yeah, it was just amazing. And and you know what? They did need that to get into the postseason. But had they not had the June that they had, they they wouldn't have been in that position. They had one terrible month that really set them back.
3: And part of that June was the fact that guys weren't healthy. Mm -hmm. And then those that they had to replace him were ineffective. Right. Johan Oviedo was... Couldn't throw strikes. Yeah, ineffective. John Gant was ineffective. And all of a sudden, you you were like, how are they going to get through games? I mean, who's going to get them out? And so that's the other question that I have is, okay, who steps up? Who's ready to be that next guy that they have that can can be um, an X factor that if they need it, and I'm still, and some fans may not agree with me, I'm still high on Oviedo. I, I like his stuff. And I know, I think he's had 17 starts and hasn't won or 18 or whatever it is he's got good stuff they have rushed him he was not ready he gave them what they needed at the time in the pandemic season and last year he was thrust into this position because they had to get a guy there to the point that wade leblanc had to come in and and give them four innings and five innings of just throwing strikes but there are guys that are there you know i just think that they have to have some type of depth to give them pieces that allow them that if somebody's hurt or somebody needs a breather, somebody needs a break, and you may have that at the beginning of the season too. Think about this, if you have a shortened spring training, if you only have three weeks, are guys ready to give you every fifth day? That may not be the case. Do they expand rosters? Is there somebody else, Jake Woodford, that comes up and helps you? Mm -hmm. Um, Where's that depth? And that's one of the question marks that I have.
2: And finally, Dan, one more question that I wanna touch on here. A lot of people talking about Paul Young and the Cardinals shortstop situation as we went into this offseason we had a shortstop rich landscape and a lot of fans were thinking the cardinals might look at that as an opportunity to upgrade at the position but they seem to be committed to paul de young he's working on his craft looking into data trying to get himself right but when you look at de young or de young and sosa what do you think about the cardinal shortstop position heading into this season
3: i think that he's on a very short leash you know you give him probably six to eight weeks to figure it out i think because and it was like the goalie situation we we're talking about earlier when you have guys that you've committed years to and financially to, money to, you're going to give them the benefit of the doubt. They've committed to you. Um, last year, it's been a tough go the last two years. No no doubt about it. I mean, the COVID situation with Paul was that he was never quite right. Mm-hmm. And then the following season, he had the fracture and then didn't go on a rehab assignment, came back, and I think he he tried to force himself back into the lineup. Now, that could have been by virtue or fact of they they needed wins and he felt like he could help them immediately and maybe he felt like I need to get back out there for my own well-being and and didn't take that rehab assignment or maybe he just felt ready it doesn't matter he, he wasn't and all of a sudden you could just see that it was snowballing in the wrong direction and Sosa played well so I, I, I look at it that you have a comparable player defensively and you've got a guy that's a backup and I'm going to say is a backup at this point um, that gives you some flexibility there and it allows you to say hey if this guy's not producing we can go in a different direction now you also have a DH and if the Cardinals don't spend on a DH and I'm not sure that they will Paul DeYoung could be your DH you could look at other guys being on your bench one of the outfielders and mixing and matching with a left-handed bat as your DH but he's got to come out of the shoot, and it's important from day one to see some production from Paul DeYoung. I really do believe that.
2: That's Danny Mac. I'm Michelle Smallman. That's right. It's Substitute Teacher Day if you're a yes. fan of the fight, which means no Randy Character, no Megamind today. So if you want to take on either Dan or I, we're going to Probably like rock, paper, scissor at in the commercial break to see who has to do it. 65780, text the word fight, and you can participate in the fight at 830. But coming up next, the Blues with a great 5-1 bounce back win versus the Flames last night. We're going to break it down with Joe Vitale. He's next on 101 ESPN.
1: We're right back to the character and Smallman Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. You're talking blues hockey. It's the Joey Vitale Report on 101 ESPN. Brought to you by The Electrical Connection. When you need quality electrical work for your home or business, visit electricalconnection.org.
2: I'm Michelle Smallman here on 101 ESPN. The Blues with a 5-1 victory last night over the Calgary Flames. This comes on the heels of that tough 7-1 loss to the Flames on Monday. Let's break it down with Joe Vitale. He jo- joins us right now on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Good morning, Joey. How you doing?
4: Michelle, what's going on? Doing great. How are you guys
1: today?
2: We're doing well. What a response from the Blues last night. You knew that they were going to come out and be fired up. You knew that they would want a little bit of revenge. Craig Berube said they're going to get a better version of us. But what did you think of the Blues' response to the Flames last night?
4: I thought it was terrific. I mean, to me, it, it was something that I think that we all, could, we all could expect. We all could see coming. You know, I look at the way that uh, Billy Huso had that kind of everything going on as far as uh, everything in the backstop of what, what he represents so well, and I think that you look at this team as a whole, and and this is what they've continued to do their entire career and, and entire existence since they've had Craig Berube. Is they, they've had great responses. You know, the leadership group, a uh, lot, lot of credit to them. Um, this is a hockey game. This is it's a, it's a long season, and the players were the first to say it. And you look at how um, you look at how they really came out and just really jumped on the flames earlier they knew they needed to a back-to-back situation for calgary and i thought the blues did a terrific job and really gave the home fans something to cheer about
3: you know joey it, it is so interesting to watch who and how well he's played he hasn't lost at home this year and it is i'm going to couple that by saying it's a long season so there's trends things can change in a hurry we saw that with jordan bennington a few years ago and he took over and he won the stanley cup but uh just in a general sense how do you size up what's happening because a lot of fans are talking about it what's going on uh with the goalie situation of the St. Louis Blues
4: I think it's actually a great situation to have you know uh, I mean yeah ideally you would love to have Biddington continue to be successful and, and and consistent in every single night uh, damn but we know that's not the reality you know you know the reality is that you know you're going to go through these, some of these some of these valleys just it's natural um when you go in these valleys, yeah, it, you got to lean on a backup goaltender. You know, so I know that the fact that our backup's playing well, some people might might argue that maybe look at it like, oh, there's there's this drama-filled event happening in St. Louis where the, the backup's taking over the net. I actually think it's a positive. I mean, uh, put put yourself in Jordan Bennington's shoes when he's struggling like he is right now. You don't want a backup that's going to go out there and get blown out either because that actually puts more pressure on you. So I actually think he, he loves the fact that Billy's playing well and he's kind of taking a lot of pressure off himself because he's taking a lot of pressure off the team because they're still winning games. So that, that's first and foremost. And then um, the, the second thing with Billy playing so well, you really look at the situation that down the stretch you're going to be able to use two goaltenders very well, which I think is is what you're going to need to do, especially if you look at the the, the schedule there in March and April. I mean, there's just boatloads and boatloads of games that you're really going to need to use both. And I think that to scrap and claw for any kind of points you can down that stretch is going to be important.
3: I, I really think it's important then how – and you tell me, Joey. I mean, I could be really off-base with this, but how the coaching staff handles – Joey, uh, or uh, excuse me, Bennington and, and Billy and, and just the conversations that are had, how you handle it, the mindset, as we all know, I mean, it's, I don't know, man, sports are fickle. And you, you handle different guys in different ways. So Saturday comes around and maybe it's Philly who, gets that start against the jets. And then all of a sudden what's Jordan Bennington thinking, but you got to keep him ready. It, it's kind of a, A dicey situation, a little bit, and I'm with you. I think it's a positive, but you got to make sure it stays a positive. You know what I mean?
4: Uh, I, I do. And I do. And I think you brought up a good point that every, every player is a little bit different and that every player handles things in, in a different situation. So that's, that's where it becomes interesting. That's where you just really lean on the coach as far as knowing his players and, and how to handle them individually. Uh, I'll give you an example of how they, they handle a player the other day. You know, Nico Mikola sits in the third period in Calgary. He had a rough night. We all know that he was a minus five, he could have gone minus six, but he ended up sitting that whole 20 minutes in the third period. Now, Um, From a coaching standpoint, it wasn't something that they put them in the Raptors uh, line last night's game. They actually put them right back out on that top pair, but it was, it was the coaching along the way. So between the game in Calgary and last night's game, uh, the abysmal effort right there for Nico Mikola turned into a great effort last night. But there were conversations happening. Mike Van Ryan, Craig Bruby all talked to the young Nico Mikola about his game and, and what he does very well and how to get back to that. Not to mention, Al McGinnis had a great conversation with him as well. So there's teaching in the moment and there's conversations that are happening. And this is, this is a cool thing because you know 10 years ago, 12 years ago, and definitely 15 and 60 years ago in this league, there were so many mind games for coaches. I mean, you look at the old school coaches like Daryl Sutter. I mean, he's he's one that's kind of has lasted to this day, but for the most part, the coaches have are great communic- great communicators and they do talk to these players, which is great. Now, for a player like Jordan Bennington, I think his personality, we, we all know he's he's a very you know astute guy. He's very confident um, to the point where I think he, he knows exactly what he needs to do. I don't think Craig Berube and David Alexander need to babysit him all that much. They know he's a pro. They know he's proven. They know he he's got that kind of metal because he, he's gone, gone the distance and he, he's battled through something a lot worse. Now, I know one thing that Craig Berube has said to me that is that you know, they, they are really starting to reestablish better things in practice. Not saying he was playing bad in practice, but you know, kind of getting back to the fundamentals of just working hard and doing the right things in practice to hopefully kind of get him over that hump. You know, I think that he could use a break. I think that you know, Billy Huso will get the start on Saturday. I think he deserves to get the start on Saturday. And I think for, for Bennington, it's going to be a lot of time off. And I think during that time off, it's, it's, it's when you can treat yourself uh, like a pro and be a pro and do the things you need to do to kind of get back on track. So to me, it's, it's being handled properly. And I think Jordan, like I said, he's, he's a proven pro. He knows what he needs to do, and uh, it's killing him. It, it's eating away at him right now being on the bench. And, and yes, I know he, he's happy to see the team successful, but this kid's a competitor. He wants to be in the net, and that's what you want. You want that out of a kid.
2: Joe Vitale talking blues hockey with us here on 101 ESPN. And, Joey, that Shen Saad Perron line was amazing last night. And Braden Shen had a goal and an assist, two points. And I I know that we appreciate Braden Shen, but it just feels like when he is right and he is with this team, he brings so much to the blues identity. I I mean, when somebody needs to throw down the gloves and make a statement, it's always Braden Shen that steps up. So do you think that we don't appreciate Braden Shen and how much he's a part of this blues identity the way that we should?
4: Uh, you know, I think that he gets overshadowed a lot, especially this year with like Jordan Kairos and the Thomases and the flash of, of some of these young players. But but listen, I've I, I have I have been his biggest fan since day one. I, I remember playing against Braden. Uh, we've had a couple scraps together. He he's tough. He he's tough as nails. He plays the right way, and he's just a team first guy. And when you do that, and you do it long enough, you're gonna you're gonna spend a lot of time in this league. You know, there there is probably one blues player that really you know embodies that blues brand of hockey, and it's probably going to be Braden Shen. And this is no knack on you know players like Ryan O'Reilly, but uh, you know from a full package blues blues type of player with with the physicality and the fighting and and understanding the gamesmanship. Right, gamesmanship is is show, so important. I don't really know how to relate it to baseball. I know you guys are baseball people, but for hockey, uh, Chris, I play with Chris Kunitz. He, he played. He won four cups. Uh, he he was He was a gamesman. He understood being on that bench what the game needed. It wasn't necessarily just a goal. I mean, yeah, goals were great, but sometimes it was a hit. Sometimes it was a fight. Sometimes it was just a good offensive zone shift. maybe it was a block shot. Maybe it was just sitting up on the bench and, and yelling left and right to keep the guys going. They understand that the game's happening and and there's ebb and flows of of momentum, and they understand what the team needs right now in this moment, and we've seen it with Brayden. he to me, he's one of the best at it on this team. Uh, He's very well-educated. I don't think fans appreciate how educated he is about the game, the sport, and the players around him, the league, uh, whether it be the PA. I mean, he's very, very aware of of players' agents. I mean, he he knows a lot about the game. He he is an educated hockey player. And so with that being said, he's very observant. He's very curious about about things. And I think when you do that, you kind of – set yourself up to have that mental um, capacity to understand what the game needs in, in each individual moment. And to me, that's what makes him so great. He, he'll get a goal, he'll get an assist, he'll get an offensive zone shift, uh, he'll get a fight, he'll get a good hit, he'll get scrappy, he'll talk to the team's bench. He knows what the, what the game needs, he knows what this Blues team needs when the moment comes. And I think, to me, those are the players, um, those intangibles. right? We, we talk so much about points and production and plus-minus, but, but there, are, there are things about this sport that analytics will not show. There are things about this sport that you just cannot quantify. And to me, uh, Braden Shen really embodies so much of those
3: things.
2: I think David Perron's game last night, Joe, is a good example of that. I mean, I love seeing the physicality out of him. He's body slamming guys onto the ice. What did you make of the feisty play of David Perron? I think
4: it was probably the best game he's played in, in, in well over a month. Um, and I think that it, this is a player that it's, it's no secret they need to get him back going offensively. I think it's tough for him because he dealt with that injury. He got hit in the head earlier in the year in that Chicago game. I think he's really trying to battle back, and it's tough. He's dealt with concussions before, and I can really sympathize with players like that personally. So I know what he's going through, or to some extent of what he's going through, but he's trying. He's trying to get back in the rhythm. He's trying to get back in the flow. But last night was the first game. I've seen him really, truly move his feet and play that aggressive style. This is, this is is a uh, This is something that a lot of players when they're when they're struggling they, they just can never really figure out or when they're struggling they're trying to think how do I get back into it you know one of the best ways when you are struggling I've always felt this when you want to try to get back on track is just just get under the skin of your opponent just you have to figure out a way to get physically engaged in the game it's like you know you wake it up in the morning, uh, I know sometimes you got to take the trash out. It's, it's really cold right now. You kind of suck it up. You go out there. You don't have a jacket. You, you bring the trash out. You come back, and you're just like, ooh, baby, let's go. Like, I'm ready for the day now, right? You kind of shock that nervous system. And that's kind of the same idea with, with hockey players. You kind of sometimes just shock that nervous system. We had a trainer in Arizona, um, JP Major. He would come up and randomly and, and players at camp, and he would just, like, scare the crud out of them, right? <laughs> right, right? Like, we'd be in line just kind of waiting around to drink a cup of coffee. He would just scare you and then it's amazing like when you get when you get scared you get jolted everything fires up you kind of go in that fight 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 mode with you know with our with our survival and you kind of get in that like oh my god okay let's go i'm ready to go like you're hopping a cold tub right all right let's cold tubs it kind of gets some jolted right so for david perron it's the same thing, and Pat Maroon was the same way when he was in St. Louis. He, he would tell me all the time, he's like, you know, the game was just kind of boring, or I was all in the slump. I would just stand up and just yell something at the bench, and they would yell something back, and I would yell something back, and before, you know, I was in the game, and then, boom, I was, like, physically engaged in, I was getting around the net, I was getting some chances. You just have to kind of Get in the game, and it's not human nature. Listen, we don't we don't like chaos. We don't like disruption. Well, we're human beings, right? But sometimes you really got to push yourself kind of over that edge just to kind of get under the skin of something, to try to get something stirred up, and then from there, you know that you're locked in and engaged, and I thought he was certainly that last night.
2: So, Joy, what you're telling me is I should start hiding and popping out and scaring Randy before every show just to get his juices flowing?
4: You can do that, yeah. You you, abs- you absolutely can do that, and you know it's like it's like that cold. It's like cold tub therapy. It's the same idea. You know, they they did all these studies with these 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 athletes that have jumped in cold tubs, and then athletes who didn't. Believe it or not, it's not just mental. It's actually physical. They've actually found that when you hop in a cold tub, for example, or you get really scared, the dopamine levels, like the the, the, the dopamine, which is that 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 pleasure chemical in your brain, it actually skyrockets two hundred and fifty percent. So it's not wow. just it's not just mental. There is like a physical thing where your body's under distress and they actually, they've actually they actually found that you actually release dopamine in stressful times. So it's almost like we should be seeking more pain than we are, which is even crazier to think. But uh, at the same time, there, there is a physical element to all of it.
2: Great stuff from Joe Vitali. I always learn something when we talk to you on Fridays, Joey. Thanks for the time and we'll talk to you next week.
4: You guys have a great one.
2: The Blues and Jets, Saturday, pregame starting at 1 p.m. here on 101 ESPN. Coming up next, we have no Megamind today, which means that a lucky fighter will get to take on either Danny Mack or myself. The fight is next, so keep it here on 101 ESPN.
1: We're right back to the character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
3: Randy is off today. He's got a vacation day. He and Joan celebrating their anniversary. I'm Dan McLaughlin filling in for Randy. Michelle has stepped out. Michelle will be Megamind today. By the way, uh, before I introduce our challenger today, Matt, do you have a uh, little Canadian blood in you? I do not, no. You went to Calgary.
0: Yeah, well, you, I guess you gotta say it right. You gotta, okay. you gotta, you gotta do it the right way they do it, which is which is why, as much as I love the Midwest, things like Versailles, Illinois, bother the hell out of me. Okay,
3: all right. You went to Calgary, and you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you know, have a little respect for the Canadians. That's how they say. It. That's how all I right. say it. All right, good, nicely done, eh? Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. Let's say uh, good morning to Derek. Hello, Derek. Good morning, and uh, welcome to One Hundred and One. Uh, good morning, Danny Mac. How you doing?
6: Oh, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Danny Mac, I wanted to add, I'm a fellow Lindenwood alum, and I think we're around the same age, so we might have been there at the same time.
3: Oh, good. Uh, are you near 50 years of age?
6: I'm
4: 45,
3: so Okay, I'm a, getting there. I'm a little bit older than you. Did you enjoy your experience at Lindenwood? Yeah, great school. Great. What did you uh, get a degree in?
5: Actually, my degree is in sport management, and now I'm an insurance agent, so yeah. this is how life works out sometimes.
3: Obviously, it paid off. <laughs> yes, uh-huh, for sure. Uh, where do you work at? Um, I'm a local insurance agent here in uh, Kirkwood. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks for playing. Thanks for listening and good luck to you. Thank you, sir. Okay, let's go. Here we go. Who was the first player in Major League Baseball history to hit 50 or more home runs and not lead the league? Was it Jimmy Fox? Was it Lou Gehrig or Ted Williams? I'm
6: going to go Jimmy Fox.
3: Okay. Who was the first player in NHL history to tally over 100 points? Bobby Hall, Phil Esposito, or Bobby Orr?
6: I'm going to say Bobby Orr.
3: What inning did Fernando Tatis hit two grand slams in the same inning? Was it the eighth, the third, or the fifth? I think,
5: uh, I'm going to go third inning.
3: Who started at third base for the Baltimore Orioles when Cal Ripken Jr. ended his Iron Man streak? Was it Ryan Miner, Jeff Rebele, or Willis Otanez?
5: Uh, can I get this one more time?
3: Sure. Was it Ryan Miner, Jeff Rebele, or Willis Otanez?
5: I'm just going to say
6: Ryan Miner. That's a total guess.
3: Okay. That was a good guess. We will uh, bring Michelle in. So, Derek, are you a uh, long time listener, first time caller, first time on the fight? What, what do we got here?
6: Um, I've actually been on the fight. It's been a couple of years. I think it was the four o'clock fight last time I was on.
3: Yeah. And how did you fare against Randall?
6: Uh, actually, I took him to the Hall of Fame round but lost. So he got me in the end.
3: Okay. Well, you get a superior challenger today in Michelle Smallman. Yeah, Michelle, right. say good morning to Derek.
2: Good morning, Derek. How are you?
3: Pretty good. Good morning, Michelle. Now, I think you would agree, Derek, none of us have the minds of, and this is no disrespect to you, Michelle, none of us have the minds of one Randall Carrier. Would you agree? Everybody agree?
6: Um, yeah, it's facts. I'm not, I'm not taking Michelle for granted, though. Okay, oh, I, I'm not you, taking
3: Derek. her for okay. granted either, but I'm going to give the choices to Michelle as well, okay? Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. I would do that for myself as well if i was <laughs> playing myself
2: you know dan i see by the way how this is working i'm leaving today to go on vacation for yeah. two weeks so i'm undoubtedly going to lose this fight which means that i can just head, hang my head in shame and go off on my trip whereas you're gonna be filling in for me so had you lost the fight this is something you'd have to wear for a while
3: of course yeah i see how this is working well here's the deal though randy will be back on monday uh derek did pretty well i gotta tell you okay. so pressure's on and uh, we can uh, get Randy all upset on Monday when he loses on Monday. Okay, deal. Which is one of my favorite things that happens because he gets all red and he, then he, he'll get mad at Matt and say, that, well, I mean, that question was, sir, that question was not right because I did this, sir. If you're a
0: big fan of of 90s NBA, come in for Monday.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I love how Randy, too, will be like, actually, I remember that day. It was the third Tuesday in July. I was working as an usher at the stadium, and this is actually what happened. When he corrects you, he has specifics.
3: Yeah, it was a day game on a Thursday, and then (laughs) I took Joan to go see Wall Street, and Martin (laughs) Sheen was great in that. Yeah, Yeah, of course.
2: Maybe he saw heat, though, Dan.
3: You still haven't seen it, have you?
2: I'm downloading a ton of movies for my flight because it's a long flight. Heat is on the list. Don't you worry. I
3: watched a great movie the other night, by the way. What was it? It's hilarious. Bad Words with Justin Bateman.
2: Oh, the movie's called Bad Words. Yeah, it's hilarious. Oh, I've never seen it. Okay.
3: It's really funny.
2: Okay, so to the fight. Sorry, All right, here we go.
3: Sorry. <laughs> See, okay. I'm, I'm
2: postponing this because I don't want to lose.
3: Question one. Here we go. Uh, you were around this time, Michelle, so okay. you should know this one. Who Great. was the first player in Major League history to hit 50 or more home runs and not lead the league? Was it Jimmy Fox, Lou Gehrig, or Ted Williams?
2: Well, logic would tell me that Ted Williams and or Lou Gehrig would have led the league at some point. So I'm going to go Jimmy Fox.
3: Okay. Who was the first player in National Hockey League history to tally over 100 points? Was it Bobby Hall, Phil Esposito, or Bobby Orr?
5: Hmm.
2: I'm going to go... Ooh. I really have no idea. Let's go Bobby Orr.
3: What inning did Fernando Tatis hit two grand slams? He did that against Ho Park and the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Was it in the eighth, the third, or the fifth?
2: I believe that was earlier in a game. So, so here's the thing about doing the fight is you think you know the answer and then you start second guessing yourself because of nerves and pressure, but I'm going to go third inning.
3: Okay. Who started at third base for the Orioles when Cal Ripken ended his Iron Man streak? Was it Ryan Miner, Jeff Rebele, or Willis Otañez? I had no idea about this one. Yeah,
2: what? Give me the options again.
3: (laughs) Ryan Miner, Jeff Rebele, or Willis Otañez. I don't even remember some of these. Well, one guy I don't remember.
2: Well, I'm going to go Willis Otañez just because I like the name, and I have no idea.
3: Okay. I do believe we may have a winner. Am I correct with that? Yeah, we do have a winner. Go ahead, and ring the bell.
2: Just win, baby. That's for you, Derek.
3: Oh, don't do that. That's for Derek. No. I'm
2: supporting him.
3: The hell with Derek. No offense, no, Derek. Derek's I, no, Derek's a smart guy. I, I mean, I like Derek. He's a Linwood lion. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, Derek. I retract the statement of the hell with you, Derek. But no, All don't do I'll the do win. Is Just win, win, win no. the no medal. <laughs> don't Come do on, it. I'm hyping
2: him up. I wanted Derek to win.
3: When Randy's not here, I don't have to hear it. <laughs> right. That's what makes it great if he's not here. But
2: we're doing it in support of the listener. We're not shaming him. He won. He beat me.
3: When Randy is not here, I'm. Su- I want you to win. No offense, Derek. Again, I'm sorry, but I want Michelle to win. But if you're, if like Monday when we come back, yes, I'm going for Derek yes, to of beat course. Randy. Of
2: course. But Dan and I are oh. compadres here. We're both not mega minds, so we support yes. each other. We yes. support one
3: another. No. Good job, Derek. All right, let's go through the answers here. Who was the first player in Major League history to hit 50 or more home runs, and not lead the league? That's a tough year, but Jimmy Fox... Both got this right. Mm. Jimmy Fox hit uh, 52, I think it was, and then uh, did not lead the league in home runs. Shout out to Jimmy. First player in NHL history to tally over 100 points. Both got this wrong. It was Phil Esposito.
2: Oh, yeah, before my time.
3: That was in the 68-69 season, but Phil Esposito, 126. He was the first over 100 points. Wow. What inning? You both got this right to hit two grand slams off of Chanhoe Park. So he was the starter. They kept him in unbelievably bases loaded both times to face Fernando Tatis and uh, Senior and he hit them both in the third inning at uh, Dodger Stadium okay so who started at third base for the Orioles when Cal Ripken Jr. ended his Iron Man streak so Derek got this right and you went with a really scientific answer here because you like the name correct yeah it's kind
2: of how some people pick their brackets when they fill out their yes. marks I just like the colors I like the mascot I just like the name
3: you like the name Willis Otanyas yes that was the one guy I do not remember <laughs> And I remember a lot of, like, weird dudes in baseball. Like, yeah. I'll come up with some dandies where even, like, guys that I work with are like, man, I played with that guy and I don't remember him. I'm like, yeah, you don't remember? You know, he had this, that, and the other. And like, what? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you played with him here and he was there. It, no, I don't remember. I don't remember. I, I kind of faintly remember Willis Ohtanias. I probably should. He probably played in the league for 10 years. Who knows? But I, Let's it's just not out. striking a chord with me. But it was Ryan Miner who was the... Uh Third baseman when uh, when uh, Cal Ripken ended his Iron Man streak. Okay. So Derek got three. Michelle got two. Michelle, valiant effort. Thank you. Valiant Thank you. Effort. At least I
2: got some right.
3: I know you, you probably are going to really be upset about this uh, on your two-week-long vacation, thinking about what happened on this Friday morning during the fight.
2: I'll be crying into my cocktails.
3: Guys. I'm sure you will. <laughs> I'm sure you will. So Derek, congratulations. Tell all your friends that you won the fight today, and you'll be back on Monday to take on Randy.
6: Thanks, guys. I'll gear
5: up Monday for Randy and good fight, Michelle.
2: Thanks, Derek. Good luck on Monday. I'll be pulling for you.
3: All
5: right. Thanks, guys.
3: You got it, buddy. We'll talk to you on Monday. That's Derek. He wins the fight. And uh, coming up, we'll oh, talk really a little quick. Bit.
2: By the way, Willis Otanez was named the MVP of the 2010 Mexican League season.
3: Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, that, yeah, you that's terrible know this for me. I should know that. But do you have his numbers in front of you?
2: I don't. I have his Wikipedia page up. Uh, I do
0: actually okay, have there you his go. numbers okay, in front me. of me. He played uh, just 74 games in his uh, two-year career. See, uh, I kind of like yes. faintly remember the name. Who did he play for? The, he played for... The uh, Orioles and the Blue Jays. Yep, 32 games for the Orioles and mm-hmm. then 42 games in one season for the uh, Blue Jays. 1999 was the Blue Jays. Yeah.
2: But he was with the Bridgeport Bluefish in 2004. Shout out Bridgeport, Connecticut.
3: Man. Got to remember that Otania's guy. I know. Who would have thought he'd be making it on 101 ESPN? On a Friday morning, Willis with You know
2: what? Now he's going to work his way into a carnal broadcast somehow.
3: (laughs) Oh, there is. No doubt. No doubt. And I'm going to bring it up. The the guy I'm going to bring it up with is Jimmy. Okay. Because of the last person I would think on this land that would know who Willis with is, is Jimmy. And I guarantee Jimmy will say, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. And he'll know who he is somehow. But then I'll say something like, uh, hey, do you remember this guy, Mark McGuire? He's like, yeah, I kind of remember Big Mac. Yeah,
2: but Willis Otonia is locked out. Willis
3: Otonia is yeah, I'm all over that one. You know, <laughs> it'll be one of those dates. Uh, all right, coming up, we've got. Uh, all right, Matt, you, you gave me a sheet here. We we're got gonna, we're uh, going to talk about thing.
2: We're going to talk a little football coming up next. Okay. It's championship weekend, NFC AFC championship. We'll talk about that next.
1: We're right back to the character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN matter time now for today's big thing with Carker and Smallman on 101 ESPN.
2: It's Carrier and Smallman here on one oh one ESPN, Danny Max in for Randy Character Day. We're having so much fun. I can't believe we're already at the bottom of the eight o'clock hour. Dan, time flies when you're having fun.
3: Time flies. It does. Uh when I used to do the show with you guys, it'd be uh I wouldn't even be halfway home. I'd still be going till eleven.
2: Yeah, I don't know how you did that.
3: That's okay. It was cool. fun. It's fun.
2: I'm sure it was. Well, let's talk about football because football was fun this past weekend. Unbelievable games in the divisional round as we head to the NFC and AFC championships game. Dan, Dan which one do you want to start with first? AFC or NFC?
3: Let's go AFC.
2: Okay. Well, they're the first one on the docket. 2 p.m. Central time on Sunday. The Bengals at Kansas City. Who do you like in that one? Kansas
3: City. I, I do. I, I With what took place last week, uh, the fact that they've been there, they've done that, they're at home. Uh, You've got Patrick Mahomes, best player on the planet, in my opinion. Um, You never feel like you're out of it, obviously, even with 13 seconds. (laughs) So I'm going to go with the uh, the Chiefs to win at home. I love Burrow. I love what the, the Bengals have done, but I think it comes to an end this weekend.
2: Even though the Bengals beat the Chiefs. At late in the regular season, 34-31.
3: Yeah, I, I just think at home though, playoff time, different animal, different game, different intensity. Um, that place will be just a circus, especially again with what took place last weekend. Oh, yeah. The anticipation for what's happening this weekend. I'm going with the Chiefs.
2: And you know that Arrowhead is always one of the toughest and most Intense environments to play in anyway and you're Right though playoffs coming off of this Unbelievable shootout it's going to be Ratcheted up even that much more if it can be I'm having a really hard time with this one Dan
3: I'm not this is the one that's Easy for me really yeah see
2: I Look at the Bengals the the first thing that comes to Mind is the nine sacks that Joe Burrow Endured versus the Titans I'm scared to death about That offensive line play and I'm scared to death About Joe Burrow's well-being but it doesn't Seem to affect him or the quality of his Play he's tough as nails but he outdueled Patrick Mahomes in that game. And the Bengals offense was able to exploit the the Chiefs defense in that one. I'm going to pick the Bengals, although I think it's really? a, a foolish pick because I'm kind of with you. No other team would have beaten that Bills team if it was not Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And they just look like they're peaking at the right time. But I don't know. There's just something about this Bengals team. They're young. They're confident. They're kind of being overlooked in this one. I just think they have a lot of the components of a team that could go out there and beat the Chiefs, they have they've done it already. I can I could see Jamar Chase having a huge game. So even though everyone's probably going to say you're dumb for picking the Bengals, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and pick them. Mm. <laughs> so,
3: I, I I just can't see it. I I just don't. I, I'm just not. I don't think I can pick. I, like to me, Josh Allen and the Bills. That was to me the team out of the AFC. Even though the Titans were the the top seed. I thought that was the one team that could beat them. And I I just don't see that there's another team that can beat them. And now it's four consecutive trips to the AFC Championship. Uh, Andy Reid is an incredible coach. Mm -hmm. Doesn't get enough credit. And maybe he is now nationally. I I don't know. I don't follow it closely enough. But, you know, to do what he did with the Eagles and now to do what he's done with the Chiefs. And again, the fact that you're at home coming off of what took place last weekend. I got to go with the Chiefs. And the place is going to be a zoo. Maybe more so than any other time that they've been in this situation because of what happened last weekend, the improbable way that they won that game, the momentum that carries over with a game like that. No hangover, in my opinion, and they'll come out guns a blazing. I think they may blow them out. I really do. Wow.
2: A lot yeah. of confidence in the Chiefs from Dan. Okay, well, you said the other game was more difficult for you to decide. The 49ers at the Rams, 530 Central on Sunday, but it might not necessarily be a an away game situation for the 49ers. We saw their fans take over SoFi Stadium. As crazy as it is, we talked about this with Joe Buck yesterday. That's a major storyline in this one with sure the is. 49ers fans infiltrating SoFi. What did Joe so have fun. to say about it? He talked about how loud it was when, uh-huh. when he and Troy were there in that game to close out the regular season and how it impacted the Rams offense having to be on a Silent count while Jimmy Garoppolo had the crowd behind him, and you know you couple that environment with the fact that Kyle Shanahan has a six-game winning streak over the Rams and sees, seems to be in Sean McVay's head. There, the toughness of the 49ers. There's just a lot of things pointing towards San Francisco for me in this one.
3: I, I like San Francisco, um, and one of the reasons that I like them is that it, it is going to be a pro 49ers crowd probably. Uh, 60%. What were you saying? 60,
2: 65%. I read that last night that they're estimating as of now 65%. And obviously, as we get closer to game time and that secondary market heats up more, it could fluctuate a little bit. But it seems to be pro 49ers right now.
3: I also think that the Rams have done so much and put so much into winning this year. By the way, in a couple of years, this can be a bad team because they have no picks.
2: That's right. It's and, Super Bowl or bust for yeah, them. Yeah,
3: exactly. And so the pressure for them to win now is at an all-time high. I do think that factors into this game. I realize they're at home; it's not going to feel like a home game. Uh, they almost coughed it up last weekend. I wonder if there isn't a residual effect from that, like the just the, the whoo, you know kind yeah. of thing. And uh, I I like what the Niners were able to do at Green Bay to go into that place with the weather that they were dealing with against a very good Green Bay team and against Aaron Rodgers and the way that they play defense. Um, I like them to win this game. I really do. And I hope they do. I want them to win.
2: So do I. So Danny is picking the 49ers and the Chiefs. I'm picking the Bengals and the 49ers, but 101 ESPN is having the championship bash is going down Sunday, January 30th at Helen Fitzgerald's this weekend. You can join our 101 ESPN crew and Bud Light for the AFC and NFC championship games. There's going to be tons of TV to watch the game, foods, drinks, music, a bunch of giveaways throughout the day, including a grill, jerseys, tickets, and more. The bash kicks off at noon with a live pregame show. Randy and Anthony Stalter will have you leading up to kickoff at 2 p.m. We hope to see you on Sunday at Helen Fitzgerald for this year's championship bash brought to you by Car Shield and Bud Light. The Blues with a great 5-1 to victory over the Calgary Flames last night. Our next guest had a feisty performance. A great game out of David Perron. We're going to talk to him next here on 101 ESPN.
1: We're right back to the character and Smallman podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. He gets the job done on the ice every night. He tucked in like you'd put the corner of a sheet underneath your mattress in the morning. Blues forward, David Perron, and he joins character and Smallman right now. Perron, scores! On 101 ESPN, driven by pure performance, the only stop for all your aftermarket vehicle needs.
2: Carriker and Smallman here on 101 ESPN. I'm Michelle Smallman. Randy Carriker is off today, but we have the great Dan McLaughlin sitting in for Randy. Let's head to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line to talk to David Perron. We tried to connect with David on Wednesday. He was having some phone issues, but being the great guy he is, he tweeted at us. He said, sorry, guys. We were able to reconnect with him this morning. Hopefully the service is better. Good morning, David. Are you there with us?
6: <laughs> Good morning. I, I hope so. I went to the Apple store uh, a couple days ago and uh, tried to Everything all those resets to get it fixed. So we'll we'll see but uh, I do appreciate that we're about to connect today
2: uh, Well, you know what you sound crystal clear. So whatever you have, are you out? Excuse me? Whatever you did. It's working Well, David you had a great game last night We saw the physicality out of you your body slamming guys out onto the ice and your team bounced back after that tough loss on Monday With a 5 to 1 victory you have to fe- be feeling pretty good this morning about your performance and the teams
6: Yeah, no, it was a great response for sure. I think uh We definitely weren't happy with the way we played in Calgary. It was a good trip for us. We could have made it a great one, and and then we just kind of came out at no energy, kind of left uh, Binner out to dry uh, there in Calgary. And so obviously we we wanted to bounce back and show that we can play with these guys, and uh, they're a really physical team. And um, so we wanted to respond in that regard as well, and it was a great performance by
3: us. Hey, are you a fan of uh, WWE or uh, (laughs) pro wrestling or anything like that?
6: no i'm a fan of emotions though i I, <laughs> I just felt like i i wanted to play with more definitely and um i don't know i wasn't pleased with how it, the play happened with with that guy in particular and obviously you don't want to, to hurt anyone out there and i'm glad that turned out to be okay and i, I kind of realized uh afterwards he had no helmet it, it's kind of in the midst of the emotion all that stuff but uh yeah, I wanted personally to to kind of up up my game, up my physicality, and um, I, I haven't scored as many goals as I'd like uh, for our team recently, but you got to bring other things, and, and then uh, once you go through that, I feel like uh, the rest will come, and uh, we, I thought our line was, was pretty solid last night, and we, we want to keep it going.
2: When you want to bring more physicality like that to your game, David, is there something that you do differently in your pregame preparations, maybe from a mental standpoint, to get you there?
6: uh no not really no I, I i go through my routine uh pretty uh, similarly um every single day basically from the morning to, to the night I, I just feel like it, it gets me into that that zone that i want to be in uh to be uh, mentally uh, ready and prepared to to play whatever game um we need to play and i i think that's what's great about hockey like it's not a sport that uh, you necessarily need to, to to be at your best every single night. You can find a way to um, be a positive for your team, uh, depending on how you need to play that night. And uh, I definitely I felt like I did that. Uh, and, I, and I felt like uh, as a group, we responded really well. So Um, It's good to
3: see I've seen you in your career. You've been on a top line second line third line fourth line and you do it with a smile on your face. Uh, No complaints. You do whatever the, the team needs Shen is doing that as well. I would assume that's got to be the sign of a good team when you have good players that are considered, you know what, Hey, you guys could be stars or you could be role players. And, um, and sometimes you're the stars, sometimes you're not, but you guys all mesh. And that to me, from the outside, looking in is what you guys have going on with the blues this year.
6: Yeah, well, definitely. It's, it's what, uh, one of the biggest reasons why we won in, in 2019 when, went down on the so to speak fourth line and kind of adjusted to that role and it's not always easy I'm not saying it's always pleasant to to have less ice time it was definitely a little bit of an adjustment for me uh and and that definitely affects your your scoring and some of that stuff um but yeah like I I definitely think that uh, we can be a positive we can be a line that that can score and if we we show that we can play like that we're going to earn more minutes as well, and uh, I think it's going to force uh, Chiefs hand a little bit to, to play us more, and we, we definitely uh, are going to be looking to do that next game as well. Uh, we are a different team this year than other years. We, we have a, a deeper lineup up front than, than probably most of the years, if not any years I've ever played uh, for the Blues with uh, Busnevis coming in, Dahmer and Cairo taking a big step forward. Uh, signing Brandon Saad um, and then Barbie as well uh, offensively really taking a huge step and um, you're happy to see those guys like I, I think for us a guy like Barbie you've seen his skill and practice for several several years now basically and uh, to see him score the way he has uh, so far this year it's, it's great we hope he keeps going and at the same time uh, you hope that uh, everyone sees like you said the uh, uh, I come to rank every single day, prepared to to do whatever is required of me, and and you hope to see the kind of that loyalty uh, back to you. And and it's uh, it's been a fun ride so far.
2: Well, that line you're on last night, David, with Brandon Saad and Braden Shen, obviously very productive. What is it about you three that was allowed to click and have that chemistry last night?
6: Um, well, I think Shenner was excited to play down the middle uh, as a centerman <laughs> for for his game for 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 a while. For him, I think that he he's been on the wing. He's been kind of Bouncing around, uh, like uh, Dan said, basically using any role that, that he's been required to. I think Saad uh, is a good element for, for for myself personally. When I play with a guy like that that's got the speed, it, it helps push my legs wanting to get on the forecheck even more. And then I think for myself, I, I, I do have to get in there and hang on to the pucks more than I have done uh, maybe two two weeks ago or so. And it, it kind of matches with the same time that I had COVID. I wasn't feeling uh, um, 100% as far as energy. I, I, was, I didn't have, like, many symptoms, if, if not at all. But definitely my energy was affected, and maybe it's part of it. But anyway, I got to hang out to the puck. I got to compete on every puck. Uh, like, I don't want to lose it at all. And uh, I think that's why we can be a good line.
3: I got to tell you, um, are you ready for kind of a, a weird question here? Are you ready? <laughs> Sure. Okay. Go ahead. So, first of
6: all, I think it's actually my phone might cut off here. Yeah. No, no, no. This is, but it's an easy one, I
3: think. So. It's awesome that you come on every week and you open yourself up to the fans. And I love your responses that you have talked about how it was so important to get back and play hockey. And, you know, the fans needed a diversion. And and you talk about, hey, we make a lot of money and it's a privilege to play this sport. I I get goosebumps saying that because I I believe that. And I think it's awesome that you do that. So now, having said that, I listen to you speak, by the way. You are so well spoken, and hockey players have to leave their families at such a young age to go play. And when you play at a level that you play at, um, you're leaving at probably 13, 14, 15 years old. So, how did you learn to speak English? I- I'm curious, like, when did yeah. you learn to speak English? And was it hard for um, you? Were you like watching, you know, Oprah? Or what- what's going on here?
6: Yeah, it, yeah, well, it was certainly it was hard at the start. And it's still, guys, don't worry, guys, they're still giving you a hard time every single day. If- <laughs> If I say a word in a different way, and and you know what the words that are the hardest for me are the basically the French words that are essentially the exact same way you say it and uh, written the same way, and I kind of I I can't make it up in my head sometimes uh, to to say it in the English way. But uh, I learned English uh, basically. I moved to uh, Maine, uh, Lewiston, Maine, to play junior when I was eighteen years old, and that's really when I was for the first time in my life immersed into uh full-time english and uh i i kind of had to learn on the go and then the next year obviously uh fans saw me come to st louis uh, and that, that was it really i i uh, growing up in quebec from the city that i'm from even though it's close to the united states we never had to speak english we we never had uh to watch tv in english like at all i i never did like you you hear, you hear about these swedish guys they come in and they speak english pretty good and they grew up watching like English movies and that type of stuff, but we we never did that. We we watched movies that were translated in French, and in my head it was the way the movie was made. Uh, until now, the way I speak English, I, I would never want to watch a French movie ever again because it's not the same thing at all. And uh, and the jokes and everything are a lot better in English. Uh, but when you grew up that way, you, that's the all you know. So really that's that's how i learn english
3: yeah i don't think people understand how hard that is cuz you're away from your family so now that's yeah. tough you know and you're 18 years old so mom and dad aren't taking care of you you're trying to figure out okay how do I do my laundry how do I balance a checkbook how do I use a credit card how do I get around and oh by the way yeah. I can't speak the language <laughs> so it's really tough and um, and again it, you know you're a pro player and and things are are very nice for you now but it, it's a very tough transition so at home like what do you do with your kids are your kids do you speak French and English to them or, or, or how, do you, how do you teach your kids
6: no uh, those two little ones are taking over right now I, we're, we're basically going uh full full english uh more and more as as we go here because they, they play together let's say in the basement with their toys all that stuff and we hear them speaking english because at school, there my daughter's uh four she's in uh jk and then uh our son is in first grade um, and, and their English at, at school, obviously. So we we try as much as possible to speak French all the time here because we know that if, the longer we spend time, the more time we spend here, the, they're going to want to speak English. They won't care as much for French. So definitely we like going back also uh, in Quebec in, in the summer for them uh, to speak with, with their, their grandparents and, and all that stuff, their friends that they have back home uh but yeah like they're they're taking over right now a little bit their their english is it's flawless it's it's awesome to see we're we're happy for them it gives them uh in in our opinion a huge opportunity in life uh moving forward in the future so we're happy for them um and uh it's it's a lot different than for us the way we, we learned english
2: well they'll appreciate as they get older though no that, you, that you taught them french at a young age trust me about that
3: no question yeah.
2: Well, David, I want to for
3: sure,
2: for sure. circle back to what we talked about with the physicality that we saw from you last night. We know that you have that in you. Braden Shen, never afraid to drop the gloves when it's called upon him. But I was thinking about Pat Maroon. And when you guys won the Stanley Cup in 2019, he famously went over to the Bruins bench and said, you guys are bleeped. He was the first one to kind of step up and talk trash if need be. Do you guys have someone on your team like that now that kind of does the Pat Maroon and will will chirp at the opponent when need be?
6: Uh, good question. (laughs) Um, I, I don't know that we have a Pat Maroon, Pat Maroon's a unique character and (laughs) there's not many guys like him. He's the best. We, we love him in in the room. We, we certainly miss him, uh, obviously as a guy and as a teammate and we're happy for success that he had in Tampa. Um, yeah, I, I don't know that we have a guy exactly like that. I I think it needs to be, uh, something as we go that will, will be found and, and maybe, deeper as we go in the season and into the playoffs definitely i think every single guy could up that because we're going to need to bring that emotion that physicality more and more as we go it it needs to be a key thing really and when you lose a guy like that a couple of years ago that you can't really replace um it it needs to be everyone kind of doing it i think uh, a guy that i battle a lot against Tori krug um even though he's not the biggest guy, but he does bring that emotion as well in the corners. I, I, I think he's absolutely unbelievable. I, I, I look at a guy like Bortuzo, I I mean I'm amazed by this guy just um, I played with him in Pittsburgh. He he was a guy obviously he's always been a really good hockey player if he plays in the NHL but I really think for for a bottom pair defenseman is is smart the way you make little plays on the ice that uh, at times you don't expect for, for for guys that play in that role And he's definitely a guy that will bring that physicality, that will fight at times, uh, that will uh, defend a teammate chirp at at them. So I could see a guy like him taking that role a bit, definitely. Um, But I I also think he's he's playing some really good hockey for us on the PK blocking shot. So, um, yeah, it needs to be a team thing
3: otherwise. Okay, David, I get to ask another weird question. You ready? (laughs) Yeah, okay, I like this. This is fun. Um, it, I think if I walked into David Perron's condo house 10 years ago and it's like an off night, matter of fact, I know this. Uh, David Perron is watching a hockey game, I know that, and he's probably staying up until like midnight, two o'clock in the morning watching hockey because you love hockey, and that still might be the case, but. Do you watch football? I know I see you at the baseball game, so I know you're following baseball a little bit. I know you play a lot of golf. So is there an athlete out there that, like, you follow and you go, oh, man, I'm going to check on my phone. Like, what's that guy shooting this weekend at this particular event? Or NFC, AFC championships going on. Yeah, I'm going to follow that. I, I like that. Is there an athlete out there that you kind of follow that you like?
6: um it's a good question uh tyler bolzak turned me into uh, a multi-sport guy a little bit more as we go here and uh more uh golf than anything else because we have this um every every basically every week uh, we do a draft king just within the guys and we'll just kind of pay the winner or whatever and that really is something that, uh, that i enjoy It's it's basically four days a week too it's this week it's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, but it's usually obviously Thursday to Sunday, so it, it gives you basically four days that you can follow the tournament, follow the guys that you have on your team, hope to beat your your own teammates, and we do that with football as well. At times we we've, we've done it, and uh, this year I know it's not going to be popular in town, but Pareko and I ended up with the Rams. Oh no, win. David! Um, is it, is yeah, your well, is, is your phone losing not that juice we like right to now? Be it's not that we like that they laugh and anything it's just, <laughs> uh they do have a chance we we got them sort of uh uh in the back door a little bit and uh it just happened to be that way so i i am following uh i do love the chiefs as well i i, I like patrick Mahomes like everyone else um and and i hope that they have success and they're close to us so uh, definitely. That's that's how I see it. Yeah.
3: You know what? Uh, go ahead and pull for the Rams to lose, and I'll pay for whatever you lose. Okay? <laughs> it's all good. <laughs>
6: I don't know if you want that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hold him to that one, David. We'll give you his number after the yeah. interview. <laughs> and uh, uh, final question, David. I wanted to ask you this earlier in the week, but obviously we had we had phone issues. But on the broadcast Monday, Jordan Kyrie was talking about how Sidney Crosby actually asked him for a stick. And he was so shocked by that and thought it was so cool. And it made me think of you. And I wanted to know if there was ever someone that asked for a stick of yours or someone that you really were a fan of and you asked for their stick. If you had a story there?
6: Uh, yeah, well... That's a cool story. I remember it, it happened in the morning in Pittsburgh for Jordan, so that was cool for him, and he's obviously a guy. I'm a huge fan of his as well, and uh, I'm happy for him, the the success he's had this year, and he's going to keep getting better. Um, for me personally, there there have been guys that asked like throughout the year like many, many times. I honestly don't really remember like a superstar like that asking me for a stick uh, or a guy. The guy that I asked the stick that I was the most nervous about was uh, Alex Kovalev that used to play for Montreal Pittsburgh New York Rangers and he was one of my favorite players growing up and uh, just kind of playing against him and uh, asking for a stick was kind of like I was so nervous when I was young I, when, and when we would play against him I'd basically like be ISO camming him the whole the whole time he was on the ice uh, just because it was cool and uh, yeah but it's it's not really something that I do anymore. I, I, I think a guy like Connor McDavid, there's not many guys like him out there. Uh, so it is special to play against him, but it's just not the same anymore. As you get older, you, you, you just go out there, you compete against those guys. You you feel like you belong and uh, you want to keep getting better as a player. So uh, I, I do like playing against the top players. Uh, when I play with O'Reilly and we end up playing, let's say, against a guy like McDavid, I do take a lot of pride um, in, in having a really good night shutting trying to shutting those guys down. Um, so, yeah, it's good.
2: Well, David, thanks so much for the time. As always, great stuff. We really appreciate you jumping on later in the week since we weren't able to make it happen on Wednesday and go get them on Saturday versus the Jets.
6: Thanks, Michelle. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Thank you very much. You're
3: supposed to say merci.
6: <laughs> merci beaucoup. <Yeah. laughs>
2: Au revoir, David. We'll talk to you later.
3: Yeah. Bye. Thanks. Thank you.
2: All right. That's Danny Mac. I'm Michelle Smallman. Great stuff from David Pran. Yeah, he's I lo- so good. I love your weird questions of the day, Dan. Very fun.
3: I, I just, I, I find him fascinating. There are certain guys I find fascinating. He's one of them. Um, when we were going through the COVID season and we had him on and I was on a morning show with you and Randy, um, he said what I, he articulated what I felt, which was, I understand this is uncomfortable. For players, it, and they had to go through a lot of protocols and still do, but the testing and it's not fun and the isolation, all that stuff. I get it, okay? But we're not digging ditches for a living here, okay? Mm-hmm. We're not doing some of the, the really tough, hard manual labor that somebody's not getting paid millions of dollars to do. And uh, I, I just, and he said that, and he said, you know, we need to do this as sports needs to be a diversion for all of us. So that fans have something to go home to and watch on their televisions, as a lot of people are in isolation, and we can provide that opportunity. And I was like, "Thank you, thank mm-hmm. you for saying that." You know, that's that he's right, and I I believe that, and I think sports provides that opportunity. We can be a diversion for a lot of people. Um, I looked at that with baseball when we came back. We can be a diversion for a lot of people, and so when he said that, I was just I was thrilled that he finally articulated what I feel about what sports can provide in these times, which is a diversion and something to look forward to, which has been a very dark period in our in our history, you mm-hmm. know, and trying to get through this stuff. That's right. So.
2: We have so many great athletes in St. Louis. We're so lucky. David Perron, certainly one of them. That's Danny Mac. I'm Michelle Smallman. Coming up next, we're going to do a little bit of a hybrid segment. It's going to be your Killing Me Smalls and today's Big Thing. That's next on 101 ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Carriker and Smallman podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Opinions matter. Time now for today's big thing with Carriker and Smallman on 101
2: ESPN. Smallman with Danny Mac, no character, just Danny Mac and Michelle here on on 101 ESPN and we are talking a lot of Blues hockey today, Dan, as the Blues bounced back 5-1 to one last night to the Calgary Flames after that tough loss, 7-1 to one on Monday. And again, it was their their third game in four days. It just looks like the Blues didn't really have their legs, and you knew that they were going to respond. And boy, did they respond in a big way last night.
3: Responded in a big way. Vili Husso was outstanding. We just uh, visited with David Perron. His best game he's had in the last probably month, month and a half. He talked about, you know, COVID did have mm-hmm. uh, an effect, sapping some of his ener- energy uh, Uh, Braden Chen was outstanding and you know somebody that probably is not getting enough of the attention maybe this morning that he should is Mm Mikala. so he was awful awful in that game in Calgary but the uh, coaching staff benched him in the the final minutes of that game in Calgary they went back with him he played nearly 20 minutes last night and played effectively and put up some numbers and so I give them credit for staying with him because easily you banish a guy to the press box you say hey you're going to be a scratch think about it some coaches will do that. They didn't do that. They put him back on a pairing with Pareko, put him on the ice. He responded. And the Blues, by the way, they also looked fast. That's the other thing I'm noticing with this team. You know, right now, uh, you look at that pairing with Mika and Pareko, they they neutralized the top line of Calgary, which had been flying, and they did against the Blues a few nights ago. Didn't do it last night, but they also looked fast, and that's something that uh, the Blues have. They have speed, they have depth, and this team uh, looks to be a Stanley Cup contender, if held
2: you know, they're they're getting a not a lot more national love from that perspective. And I, I know it's been different so far this season because you've had so many guys out with COVID and then so many guys had injuries. The Blues persevering through all of that, but you hadn't really seen them together for a while. But now that we're seeing a healthy blues team, Dan, that's getting some run together, I think a lot of national Writers, broadcasters, etc., are looking at the depth of this team and the fact that they're battle tested and their style of play, and they're keeping one eye on the Blues. I think a lot of people, just like you, think that this team is a team that will be in contention for a Stanley Cup. I,
3: I think part of it too is what you're doing with your your goaltending situation. So Bennington is probably going to sit a little bit here now coming up, and and rightfully so, he's getting pushed by Ville Husso. So Ville Husso now on the season nine two and one with a 181 goals against average, 945 save percentage. He hasn't lost at home since last April, so he's undefeated at home uh, this season. Enterprise Center tomorrow they play the Jets at 1 o'clock. I'd be shocked if he's not between the pipes for the Blues coming up, and he has earned that right to, to start and to continue to play. So you're getting the great goaltending in front of you. Depth where you've got Shen and Perron playing on a third line. Thomas and Kairou have emerged as young players that you thought, hey, can if they get to this level, this Blues team can be really, really good. Well, they have. And, uh, and defensively, I still think they might be a little bit short, but still it's a very, very good team.
2: Dan mentioned Billy Husso with another great performance. He's 7-0 this season at home last night. Brandon Saad, another guy who had a great game, was asked in the post-game press conference if the Blues Blues are feeding off the energy that Villejuso is providing them.
0: For sure. You know, he's been huge for us, especially as of late. Um, I mean, I haven't seen a better goal in the league as of lately. So he's been great back there. I think when you have that, you're going to have confidence. And obviously we don't want to give up too many chances, but when he can do that for us, it, it helps us transition.
2: David Perron had shared with us too how happy the guys were for Vili Husso and his success. But when you have a guy back there, whether it's Jordan Bennington, as we've seen in the past, or Vili Husso, it has to give your team confidence to know that there's a brick wall if if they have a misstep or something that a guy's going gonna back them up.
3: It allows you to take chances too, yes. so you can push. And if you get the odd man rush coming back the other way, you got a guy between the pipes that can come up and make a save. So he had 28 saves uh, last night. The Blues went it five to one. Sod had two goals. And and kind of under the radar, he's having a very solid season. Shen, Kairu, O'Reilly—they all score. Kairu now with 17 goals this year, and that's his team-leading 17th goal. Shen has eight points, five goals, three assists in his last five games, so he's heating it up. Mention Mikola, and so you're talking about a guy that uh, again, could have been, you know, banished or cut nice time to the press box, but he comes back in almost 20 minutes of ice time last night. Gets an assist, couple of shots, I think he had four hits in the game. Really a nice bounce back game for him after an awful game in Calgary.
2: So that Shen Saad Peron line was amazing. We, we talked to David Perron last segment. Billy, or excuse me, Joey Vitale earlier in the show said that that's the best game that David Peron has played in over over a month, And you love to see that energy from him, that physicality. We talked about how he was slamming guys onto the ice. You asked him if he was a, a WWE fan, and he said, no, <laughs> I'm just an emotion fan. And when you're David Perron and you're trying to find your game again and get into that rhythm, a game like last night certainly helps.
3: It's going to be interesting, too. Um, I'm going to go back to the goaltending situation and how you get Jordan Bennington Back right. you know uh, he's been in this spot before to where he's been pushed or the pressure has been there and and we all know he's pretty cool under pressure and the blues were awful in front of him the other night. so it's not all on him. However, uh, he's got to get right and if it's if it's between Huso and Bennington right now it's going to go to Huso and and he's earned this time. So again, I think he gets the start Saturday but the blues now are getting healthy. there's depth, there's speed. And they just don't lose at home. I mean, that's the other thing. When they play at home, man, this team is one of the toughest, if not the toughest, to beat at home. It's a really good team right now to watch, and they're entertaining. That's the other thing. From a fan's perspective, man, this team is fun to watch.
2: Yes, they are. That's Danny Mac on Michelle Smallman. That was today's big thing. It's now time for you Killing Me Smalls.
1: What's totally killing Smalls right now? You're
2: killing me, Smalls.
1: You're killing me, Smalls, with Michelle Smallman on 101 ESPN.
2: So... Dan, we went long with David Prime. We had such a wonderful conversation with him that we're just condensing a bunch of segments into one here. That's fine. So it's time for you Killing Me Smalls. You're I, killing me, Smalls. I wanted to talk to you, Dan, about what's going on with the Tampa Bay Rays. They had proposed that they split their time between Tampa and Montreal. That plan was scrapped by Major League yep. Baseball. They said it's a no-go. And Rays' ownership said that that's flat-out deflating, and now they're trying to figure out a solution.
3: Well, I, yeah, good luck. <laughs> Rick, right? I
2: know, I know. I don't know what they're going to do. Uh,
3: I, I think baseball, if they expand, you would probably look at the markets that we talk about all the time, which is Montreal. And I'm talking about full-time, 162 games and uh and you make sure that it works in that market now i I think if you went to montreal you'd have to have local ownership and you'd have to have a new stadium but you're looking at montreal you're looking at nashville you're looking at vegas you're looking at portland maybe you're looking down in mexico but uh for tampa bay a split market is not going to work and if they wanted to use that as leverage it didn't pay off and so yeah, they they've got to get, go back to the drawing board and figure out how this thing's going to work. Now their business model is worked on the field, mm-hmm. but they're saying it's not working in terms of ownership trying to make money. But um, I, I just you know <laughs> then get out of the game, sell it, get rid of it. You know, mm-hmm. do whatever you want, move it. But uh, and I hate it. I hate saying that for any type of of city or entity that's got a potential. Um, chance to have a team that stays there one of the problems that you have is that there's so many transplants that are from New York or Boston or wherever right. that are not Tampa Bay natives and so when the Yankees come down yeah it's all Yankee fans the Red Sox come down you're gonna have a Red Sox fans and that crowd is going to be you know primarily you know 75% of that fan base because they're not natives of of that area it's, it's a tough sell, and it's not a great ballpark. It's, it's a terrible ballpark, and until they get a new one, it's going to be a tough sell in that market.
2: It's such a sad situation, though, that you have a team that has had so much success and that you would think would be an exciting product for fans to watch, and they can't fill the stadium.
3: Well, the other part, too, is it's tough to get to. People yeah, think it's tough to right. get to. Um, I, I just think if you got a new stadium, I think it can work if you got a new stadium. doesn't need to be 50,000 people. It can work depending on where you put it, but it's not going to be publicly funded. It's going to have to take an owner to go in there and say, I'll build a new stadium and we'll make this thing work come hell or high water. But that's probably not going to happen.
2: You're killing me, small. And finally, Dan, I wanted to talk to you, Steelers guy, Big Ben guy. After 18 seasons yesterday, Big Ben officially announced his retirement He is hanging up his cleats, as he said. 2021 season is going to be his last. Your thoughts on Big Ben and his career? Was it
3: 18 years? Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things, too, that uh, I was thinking about, too, is that it's been Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning, basically in the Super Bowl every year for the last 20 years. Aaron Rodgers, throw him in Aaron Rodgers is another one. Yeah. So you could have Joe Burrow going into this one and Matthew Stafford. So it could be something different going into – Garoppolo's been there before. But you could have two different quarterbacks going into the Super Bowl this year.
0: I believe the stat is the last 15 have either had involved Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Rodgers,
3: or the San Francisco
0: 49ers. Is that what it is? The last wow. 15
3: Super Bowls. I that's think that's incredible. what it is. it is. Ben had a great re- uh, great run. You know, And think about that QB class that he came out with. Mm-hmm. They're all Hall of Famers.
2: Isn't that incredible?
3: I mean, what was it? Ben, Phillip Rivers, uh, Eli, and am I missing one other? Or is it those three? Oh, those three that year. I, yeah. I think it was
2: those three that year. That's right. But as you mentioned, Dan, Hall of Fame career, two Super Bowls, Rookie of the Year. He hangs it up. Fifth most passing yards in NFL history with 64,088 passing yards. And you think about the style of play, how how much that body endured. I know that guys miss the competition when they hang it up, but I bet physically he's going to be like, finally, I can just chill out for a little bit.
3: One of the things he was fortunate, though, to have is two head coaches. In 18 years. Mm-hmm. You Two know, great he had, head coaches. Yeah, he had Cower he had and then he had Tomlin. And that was it. And and that's something to think about. So, like, looking at, like, the, the giant situation with Jones. And they've talked about how with Jones, it's basically been, like, we haven't done him right because we've had so much turnover in front office or coach or systems and coordinators and that kind of thing. I, I It's kind of like when you always switch coaches or managers or front offices it's very tough for players to get accustomed or always looking over their shoulder or trying to figure out the system that somebody wants. If you want if you want the best out of the players, sometimes the best thing is to have the same system in place to understand what they want and then you put the the pieces in around that player so that there's just it's continuity. Continuity breeds success a lot of times through the thick and the thin. It'll come back up. It just takes time. And that's something that Ben did have over 18 years.
2: That's Danny Mac. I'm Michelle Smallman. Coming up next, we're going to continue our NFL conversation with Mike Sando, amazing rider over at The Athletic. We're going to talk NFC-AFC championship games with Mike. He's coming up next, so keep it here on 101 ESPN.
1: We're right back to the character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: Carriker and Smallman without Randy Carricker. It's Michelle Smallman and Danny Mac here with you on 101 ESPN. We are efforting, as they say in the biz, Mike yes. Sando from The Athletic. And I want to pose to you, Dan, a question that Mike Sando posed in his most recent piece at The Athletic. If you haven't read it, you need to check it out. Mike Sando has great, great NFL content. And I loved this article, and I loved this question. He interviewed a bunch of NFL executives, analysts, etc. And he posed this to them, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, or Justin Herbert, which rising young quarterback would NFL coaches and execs take now? And I know we might feel a little bit of recency bias after we saw Josh Allen have the shootout against Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow in the AFC championship game. But if you were a coach or an NFL exec and you could pick one of those three guys. For a shootout. No, to build your team around. Give me the three. Burrow, Allen, Herbert. Allen. It's hard to not pick Josh Allen, right? Josh
3: Allen. Plays in cold weather, Bill's mafia. I love his style. He can be your running game. Yeah, I was gonna say also he can run a little bit. Yeah, I'm going Josh Allen.
2: So my first thought was Josh Allen, but look at Joe Burrow and the way he's changed the culture in Cincinnati. Get
3: rid of the football. You sacked nine times last week. That's
2: not but think about get rid of football. Dan, think about what Joe Burrow will be when he's protected. How scary is that thought?
3: I understand that, but I like a guy that can run a little bit, so I'm going with uh Josh Allen. And he's got a little got a little you know what do, what do you call that? Swagger? Yeah, a little swagger.
2: Oh, you want to talk about swag? Joey B, come on. No. Joe cool. He's smoking the cigars. They're doing oh, get I the do gag. Like he's wearing the shades in the post game. I mean, no one's cooler than Joe Burrow.
3: I do love it after his LSU win when he's just sitting in his uniform smoking a little stogie. He's I mean, got he's got a very he's got the code switch down. You know, he's he's you know, when, he,
0: when he's got to be buttoned up and, you know, Joe Burrow, very nice to meet you, sir. You know, he <laughs> is, but as soon as he can he can cut loose, you know, he's throwing out, you know, he's throwing up, you know, signs of pictures with his buddies. He's got the cigar. He's walking out. He's talking big. You know, he's got Evan McPherson talking, you know, calling his shot before he goes out there and kicks it and he relays it to the, to the media. He's got a little he's got a little bit
3: to him. Now, I I think every fan base in sports has had a, a really tough loss. Like you've had a tough loss and one that really stings with you. Like for me, when I think back to tough losses, I, you know, the Rams Super Bowl loss was tough. There's been some like the Don Dinkinger game for me was tough. Oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about me. But uh, I I think the, um, the Gretzky uh, at mid ice, the, uh, that's the one that's, really tough for me like the eiserman goal against the blues
2: is that your biggest sports tragedy
3: i think so that one was pretty well dinkinger was pretty tough but that one on saturday if you're in uh, upper new york oh the bills oh, oh, oh that's that's tough
2: and the bills have had some heart break yes. But 13 seconds, Josh Allen plays flawlessly. You think in that moment, we're good here. 13 seconds. We're good here. There's no, yes, it's Patrick Mahomes. Yes, it's the Chiefs. There's no way. And 13 seconds and a coin toss, and you're going home. You're watching the game from your couch.
3: And that's what your, you know, your area, yes, you have the Sabres, but it's the Sabres. Your Bills. So that's what you follow three sixty five, right? Yeah, I
2: mean you're you're called the Bills mafia. Yeah, you're so right. de- you're you're lighting yourself on fire and jump at their tables.
3: So when the Blues lost that game, I was like, okay, well, I got the I got the Cardinals, you know. Cardinals lost in the World Series. Okay, I got the Blues. Bills, I'm like, oh, oh, I gotta live with this forever and talk about it all week and then the next week and the week after that. Yeah, that that's about as tough as it gets. I can't think of it for them. You know, the Super Bowl loss, because it's a Super Bowl, had to be the toughest, but that is 1A. It's got to be right there with it.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, just the manner in which that game ended, that's yeah. awful.
3: By the way, it's 9.51, so we have uh, just a few more minutes, and then we'll hand it over to uh, BK and Ferrario. For folks that don't know, if you missed it earlier, um, Michelle is leaving us for two weeks. <laughs> Dramatic
2: not, pause. <laughs> not for
3: the Not forever, just for two weeks. She's going to Africa. You're going to a wedding and then a safari.
2: Correct. I'm going to Cape Town in South Africa. Okay. First, I'm going to New York to meet up with my friends. Two of my friends that live in New York were supposed to get married in April of 2020 in South Africa. And as we know, the pandemic had just started. And they had to decide, because we didn't really know at that time how severe this was going to be. And they had to make a pretty quick game time decision whether to have the wedding or not. Thankfully, they called it off before it was called off for them. And they were able to make different arrangements. But even at that time, April 2020, the first time that they could get their venue to do the wedding again was February 2022. So all of us have been waiting a couple years to go on this massive trip. It's going to be a trip of a lifetime. But as you mentioned, wedding in Cape Town, then we're going on a safari.
3: Okay. Can't wait. When you say you go on a safari, so the wedding is one day, right?
2: No, it's a three-day event.
3: Well, I mean, you got, uh, what, you got the rehearsal yeah rehearsals well, there or what yeah
2: it's uh it's on a vineyard actually so it's like a welcome day then the rehearsal day and then the wedding day. okay because i guess done. if you're going that far for a wedding they're gonna make sure that you're having at least a few days <laughs> okay
3: so then then that's done yes and then you go on the safari
2: then we go to cape town for a few days then the safari
3: okay how so when I think safari, it's not it's not just a one day event like where you're going right it's safari's like just multiple days.
2: Several days, yes.
3: Okay what do you do on a safari?
2: Well from what I understand, we ride around in a Jeep and they take us to various parts of this reserve and we see different animals and it, it, it changes per day. It obviously varies based on their migration patterns and what's happening, but we're talking Lions, giraffes, elephants, everything that you would think would be on a safari is what what we're intending to see. Yes.
3: Make sure your your phone battery is... Yeah. charge for pictures i will i will be taking pictures. lots of photos
2: i'm um a little nervous about it i'm very excited to be in that environment and see those animals up close but knowing me and my luck dan that would be the day that the lion was <laughs> hangry or something and, and wanted to charge at us or was just feeling ornery because you are you are in nature you're out in the wild sure. with wild animals so that is a little nerve-wracking what's
3: the uh, what's the weather supposed to be like high 80s okay so Sunshine. you have nice warm weather oh yeah all right how long does it take to get so you're going to new york first though right
2: yeah into a bomb cyclone snowstorm two yeah. to twenty inches so that was a smart play by me
3: so that uh that's hitting this weekend
2: yes it's supposed to hit tomorrow which would be you know right when i arrive so great
3: <laughs> you're leaving though today <laughs> yes so you're going to be ahead of that yep and then leaving from new york to africa yep and how do you get there from new york is it straight shot yes okay and how long is that trip
2: who knows? I don't know. I just hope to sleep through it.
3: It's got to be like twenty hours, maybe. 16? No, I think it's less than that. Sixteen? Yeah,
2: some maybe like 10, 10 plus.
3: Okay, That's the right. thing about
0: the long trips for me it's that I cannot imagine taking a plane flight that long. I'm, oh. a, I'm a big guy. Like I'm like I would I would go insane. Yeah, have I, my leg, my the leg room. I'd have to. I'd be getting up and like pacing down
3: the yeah, aisle have, the entire have, time. It's probably a specific plane though that is allows you to stretch out, lay back, take a nap. Whatever sleep. Oh yeah, they probably have uh, the cocktails ready for you. You got uh, no doubt. You know something to charge your uh, iPad or whatever you're going to watch a movie on. Mm-hmm. They probably have movies for you, so you know you're you're comfortable. You know you'll be all right. The longest
2: flight I ever took was to Hong Kong, and it was like 20 plus hours. That's and a long one. It was miserable. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely miserable. Now,
3: honest question here. So, yeah. what what's the COVID uh, rules? To, Good question. to get into, I mean, I know traveling um, within the United States, obviously you're not being tested. You know, you can, you just got to wear a mask and then you're off and running do what you want to do, but you're, you're going internationally. So what do you have to do?
2: Good question. Um, they send you information, obviously when you book this flight, but you have to test negative to get on the plane to go to South Africa.
3: How many hours in advance?
2: 72 in okay. that window. And it has to be at places that are specified by the airline. So w-
3: when do you leave? For, from New York? Wednesday. So you'll test on Monday?
2: I test on Tuesday. Okay. And you have to put in your passport information and all that stuff, and then you have to test negative in South Africa to get on the plane to return to the United
3: States. And if you test positive, how long are you quarantined?
2: That I'm unaware, and I will just pray to God that doesn't happen.
3: Yeah. If not, Danny Mac and Carricker continue. <laughs> <laughs> and I we'll wait till you come back.
2: You may be doing uh, the show from spring training because who knows yeah. how long they might quarantine me. I'm just not even putting that thought into the universe, No, you'll Dan. be fine.
3: You'll be fine.
2: I will be in like a hazmat suit.
3: <laughs> I'm sure you will. Yes. That's going to be exciting though, man. You got to be fired up.
2: I am. And thank you so much for filling oh, in for, sure. for me while I'm gone so that I am able to take this trip two years in the making. Yeah. I, I told Mike Ryder, Tommy Madden, our bosses here. I'm like, hey guys, so... Uh, remember in 2020, that trip I was supposed to take, it did not get canceled, got pushed back. I'm going to need to cash in every possible vacation hour that I have. So. Good
3: for you. Thank you. That's awesome. Well, have fun. Enjoy it.
2: I will. And thank you for filling in Send today. Send some pictures
3: back, too. I want to see that I stuff.
2: will. I will be texting you guys. I'll be posting them on social media, too. I awesome. don't know if people are interested in that. But... We should have
3: gotten that sponsored.
2: What, my trip? Yeah. That would have been amazing because we it's costing like, me a pretty penny.
3: Like Bass Pro Shops or something should have <laughs> stepped up and said, Wildlife with Michelle. You, you that's have to bring right. back a pelt, though.
2: Uh, Well, that we know I would not have any success with. But I'll tell you, I plan to learn a lot about animals, and I'll come back with some fun facts.
3: I love it. Well, be safe, have a great trip, and uh, have some fun for us. I
2: will. Thank you. That's Danny, Matt, Mac, Matt Rocchio, and Michelle Smallman here on 101 ESPN. Thanks so much for listening. Coming up next is BK and Ferrario. They're going to have you set for the next few hours, so keep it here on 101 ESPN.
1: You've been listening to the Character and Smallman Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
5: Let me guess. Unknown caller? You could reduce the number of unwanted calls and emails with online privacy protection. The latest innovation from Discover will help regularly remove your personal info, like your name and address, from 10 popular people search websites that could sell your data. And we'll do it for free. Activate in the Discover app. See terms and learn more at discover.com slash online privacy protection. Love Target?
0: Well, you're about to love it even more. Target's new Red Card Reloadable saves you 5% every Target trip, in-store and online, and doesn't require a bank account or credit check to get approved. Target.com slash Red Card to get all the details. Restrictions apply.